Good evening and welcome to Nox Mente. Tonight's guest is author and researcher John Brisson from FixYourGut.com. John, how the hell are you? Doing well. How y'all doing this Excellent. evening? Good, good. Hello, John. So, uh, what's been going on? It's been a day. Hell of a day. It, it has been a Cocaine's day. Cocaine's a hell of a drug. <laughs> I watched no, a lot of Dave no. Chappelle today. I was always a fan of Chappelle's show. It was sad that it had to end. Oh, so I'm soon. having difficulties. With what? Hold on. I'll be good. Okay. Can you hear us? Yeah, I hear you guys both great. I was just all this. You lost your window again? Okay. I had the problem of clicking. Yeah, I clicked over to the thing. That's, That's what she me. said. I'm sorry, John. It's good to meet you, though, officially, even though we're in the same server. <laughs> so, yeah, Jerry and I are both all grumpy butts tonight. Just kidding, everyone. Just kidding. Yeah, just me. Just Jerry. <laughs> Get off my lawn. <laughs> mean old bear. Not, a, right, bear. Anyway. Not a bear. I'm a twink. Oh, both. honey. Oh, honey. <laughs> so we're taking the show already off track from the get-go. Oh, man. All right. Do they well, call this old is... twinks twonks? Oh, a Possibly. Or a twank? I don't know. I'm not curious, so I have no idea. Anyway. Oh, I didn't even realize. Is it a, it's a thing in gay culture, huh? Twinks. My gays told me. Twonk? Twonkin? No, bear. Oh, bear, yeah. Oh, honey, yes. Mm-hmm. Big and fuzzy with a nice rounded belly, oftentimes with some leather on the side. It's not quite that round. I mean, it's. Uh... Actually, you don't have the hair, though, Jerry. Twonks or muscle twinks. Thank you, Raksha. Yeah, I don't, I don't have the hair. Yeah, you, you don't have that. So you, you're already you're kicked out of the bear club. And I've already been dubbed the silver fox. So You're very much a silver fox. Yeah. <laughs> right, John? It's very silver fox. At least he's got more hair than I do. I mean, I've literally got Not much. Up. Nah, it's, it's all, uh, it's dying. So you, got you guys are hilarious. <laughs> anyway. I can rock a beard, though. I can rock a beard. You have a nice beard. You have a nice shape to your head, too. It's fluffy. Uh, Nah, I was extremely premature as a child. The head shape my Dude, wife takes up. Predator would be beating the doors down to get to that head. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Okay. All right. Well, let's jump into the show. And welcome everyone who's here watching live. Yes. yes. Hi. And hi, those hi. in the future. This is a quantum broadcast. That's right. We're the multi-dimensional. Mm -hmm. Time Zero exist. point. Zero point podcast. So let's just jump in with your your past here, and yeah. let's like um, so really the pertinent stuff, like the earliest stuff you can remember, and that of course the earliest stuff is going to stick out, and then as you move a little bit forward, the stuff that influenced you and um, that you were inspired by, or even not inspired by, but still sticks out, okay. so we get an idea of all that. Um. Well, I was. I don't remember being born extremely premature and dead, but that did happen. Um, I was three months uh, premature back in the time in 85. I was supposed to be born in December. I said I was born in September. You were still born though? Uh, they had to revive me, yes, and they were able to do so. Actually, I was like a pound and it was like 10 ounces or something. Like my wife can't even look at my uh, my um, baby picture because I look like a, like a kangaroo fetus. I look so uh, like uh, they should have put me back in the oven and, you know, uh, 
cooked me up a little bit longer. I actually had to wear uh, cabbage packs clothing. Uh, I was oh, so wow. small. Uh, this is a mate. You're first stillborn, though. That's so. Um, I I actually was okay after that. They ran a lot of testing uh, for me in the UNC Chapel Hill. Uh, they actually thought that I was going to be uh, mentally handicapped um, from being so premature at the time, and that turned out not to be the case. Um, the type of testing that they did to me at Chapel Hill, I have no idea because they won't let me get the records. Um, so I, I don't know. It was some special program or something that they were doing on uh, extremely premature children at the time. Oh Lord, special um, program, red flag. Yeah, I guess chipping, chipping program. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think they chipped me. Not yet. They probably took my uh, DNA from my blood because I guess they were doing it, you know, at that time for the database back then. It's probably to um, shorten the clone length, the clone <laughs> incubation times or something. Yeah. But um, I, I really don't remember much of my childhood. Um, I was sick a lot. Um. I, I, my mother died also uh, when I was uh, seven, um, six, seven-ish. Um, she had systemic lupus, uh, which is why I was born premature in the first place. I actually wanted her to abort me, um, but she said no because she was a staunch Catholic. Um, and she really wanted to have a child, and my father wanted to have a child. Uh, so uh, that's, a, that's a very hard choice that happened. Wow. So uh, I remember her being sick a lot when I was a child um, and having to go stay with my grandparents. Um, and I had asthma and allergies uh, probably from being so premature too. So I was in the hospital a lot myself. Um, and I actually, uh, the, the night she died surrounding that, um, I, uh, I don't know if I was there or if I intuitively saw it through a dream. Um, my father says I was not there, um, that his their version of the story was, was they called me. I was at my grandparents' house. Um, I was the one actually got up in the middle of the night to, to answer the phone. And then my dad was trying to talk to me and trying to get me to my grandma on, my, on the phone. And uh, I was just started crying. And he was like, why are you crying? Uh, or, you know, what's wrong? And he was crying too. And he was like, do you know? And I was like, yeah, my mom, my mom's dead. Um, and I don't remember any of that at all. I actually remember finding her in the trailer that we lived in. Uh, finding her dead. Um, but they said that didn't happen, so maybe I saw it through my dad's eyes. I don't freaking know. Um, but yeah, that was that was this one of my incredible. earliest that was one of my earliest memories. I remember one time playing Dr. Mario with my mom too, because she was where I loved to play video games when I was a kid. And uh I can remember that. I can remember one time it snowed and they're clearing the um the road off. Um, but other than that, I don't remember, really remember too much, uh, from there. And I don't know if I blocked it out. I remember, um, coming back one time with my dad from Lumberton, uh, where I had to go, I was hospitalized there and they gave me too much adrenaline. I actually almost uh, died from epinephrine. And, um, I remember us seeing a UFO, but I don't really remember much from, I just remember turning like pulling off to the side of the road and seeing something in the sky with my dad. And I was about eight or nine. It was after my mom had passed away. Um, and I remember as a kid having night terrors um, after my mom had passed away uh, about being abducted. Um, and also, do you guys remember, it might be a little bit bef bef after your time, but um, there was these scary storybooks um, that had these really creepy illustrations. Um, that the artists like drew like the most like they were for kids or they weren't really for kids they're probably for like adolescents 
What were um, they called? Just scary stories that you would in the dark. Um, on the Cruising with Steak uh, Discord, they uh, uh, Grimstake had posted a picture of the book, and I remember reading that book when I was about nine or ten. Goosebumps. It wasn't Goosebumps. No, no, no. Oh. Um, I think the author of, of its last name was Schwartz. Um, but the stories in there like caused me to have even worse uh, night terrors um, that were in that book at the time. And I don't know if I was just uh, relating, you know, having issues with my mother's death or whatever. Um, but yeah, I, I, I remember that. And then um, as I got older, that kind of went away. Like the night terrors kind of stopped. And the same thing that's been happening now it's been happening for years is that um the, the 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 like a lot of people like they'll have um nightmares and stuff like that um the older i got the less those nightmares occurred to the point now where i might have one nightmare a year if that um and i don't know if there's anything to that or not um but yeah i um i remember having dreams as early, you know, as early as I can remember as a child, um, dreaming completely in color. I still do now. Uh, actually being able to read in my dreams. Uh, oh, wow. People swear they can't, but I can or count or see numbers. Um, we know people that read in their dreams too, but it does seem to be rare. Um, my biggest problem with my dreams is, is nothing ever works when I want it to. Like if I need to fire a gun, it never works. I need to fly because I realize I'm in a dream. I never can. So um, on that note, we, you, we kind of jumped around a lot, but on that note where nothing ever works, do you, in those times, do you feel like you're actually awake in the dream, like lucid? Always. I'm always lucid dreaming. But you it's can't not. get your dream powers to kick in. No, I can't. I know I'm dreaming. I know uh -huh. that I should be able to, but it still doesn't work. Interesting. So back, back up and get back. Um, back up to the childhood again. Did you, were you an outdoorsy kid? Were you out in the country? Were you in a city? No, I was in the suburbs and I was very indoors. I mean, occasionally I went outdoors with my friends and we played, you know, baseball or tag or went out in the woods. But mainly I stayed indoors and played video games since I was sickly as a kid a lot. What kind of video games did you like? Uh, I, the same stuff actually Michael Joseph had mentioned uh, GoldenEye, RPGs, Earthbound, Zelda. Final Fantasy, um, Dragon Warrior, uh, just mostly um, RPGs. Okay. Um, I, I didn't like sports games. I still to this day detest most sports, except for wrestling. I love wrestling. I got that from my yeah. dad. Um, yeah. But yeah, mostly just mostly RPGs and, and platformers. Okay, cool. So that's, that stuff was in your, you know, hanging around in your dream world too. Um, possibly, but I never really had dreams about that's weird for me. Like a lot of people talk about, they have dreams about movies or, or like TV shows or like music and stuff like that and everything, but not me. Most of the time, my dreams are, they're about people that I know, but they, they're never fantasy characters and they're well, generally okay. not fantasy settings either. So when, if we can look at the nightmares you were having about the time around, you know, after you were seven, after your mother died, um, what were some of those? Do you still remember any of those, any imagery from those night terrors? I used to have one dream where I'd be stuck in the mall 
and each of the four anchor stores would be like an oblivion hole and I would oh. have no control and it'd kind of be like a pinball game where I would knock against the walls and stuff like that and slip and fall and I would try to stop myself from falling into that oblivion. Oh wow. Um, other times of being abducted <laughs> by aliens, uh, of missing. What did those look like? Your alien ones. I don't remember any of them. I just remember it happening. Like I can't, yeah. I can't, like, I remember missing time of looking at the clock, um, you know, and it'd be different, um, and, in the dream, uh, both in the dream and reality. Uh, so, and okay. Cause that brings me back to something I really wanted to talk about here was this UFO sighting with your dad when you were about eight or nine. And so you, you naturally went over there with these, we went from night terrors to these oblivion to alien abductions. And, and now you're saying there's missing time outside of in your waking life. So what about that UFO sighting? Do you recall? Uh, just being on the side of the road and seeing it up in the sky. Because my dad, which we haven't even talked about my father, um, my father was really big into conspiracy theories. And at the time, I wasn't. I was pretty much raised by my my, my dad helped raise me, but he was a single father. You know, so my grandfather, my grandparents had a lot of, you know, I was very close to them. They had a lot of my upbringing. So my grandfather was like your st my standard, like Republican, like neocon Christian, you know. Um, but he wasn't Christian like most Christians where they kind of like beat you over the head with their Christianity. Like mm -hmm. if you talk to my grandfather, you would never know he's Christian. Like he never, he never talks about religion because it's impolite, you know? Yeah. Uh, so faith was very personal to him. Um, and it was very personal to my dad. Uh, but yeah, like my dad, I remember watching uh, Star Trek with him and Sliders and X-Files. Um, you know, my dad actually believing in that stuff. You know, and at the time, I didn't believe it at all. I mean, my father was actually labeled a paranoid schizophrenic, um, which I didn't really realize it at the time. Looking back on it now, I could see it, you know, because sometimes he'd be afraid of, like, the fire, the flower van down the street, you know, listening in and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, my father, through all his flaws, I mean, he was a drug addict off and on. Uh, he used drugs in the 70s. That's how he got hepatitis C. He was sick most of my, um, from 10, when I was 10 up, up from there. Um, he got they got addicted to oxycontin, uh, went back on heroin. But I understand why he did it because he was in such pain from the liver failure and all the. Uh, uh, he was actually one of the first people in the United States diagnosed with hepatitis C in the later '80s, early '90s, and was actually the, one of the first people to be put on the Rob of Iron interferon trials in in Chapel Hill and in Duke. Uh, so I understand looking back on it now, like why he went back to using drugs, but at the time I was a teenager, I resented him for it. And he died when I was 18. Um, oh, wow. Uh, I found him uh, dead. Um, and it really messed with me a lot at that time. Um, and I'd like to talk about later about the dreams that I have with him. Um, yeah, I definitely want to get into that. I don't, I, I'm always cognizant of how sensitive some of these things can oh. be, but if you're open, I'm no, open. I'm open to anything. Nothing is sensitive to me whatsoever. It doesn't bother me at all. I can talk about any, I mean, I will, will we, later we will get to my son's death. Um, oh my God. Yeah, none of that is fine. I, as far as emotionally, I can, I can handle it. Fairly okay. Fairly. Okay. Excellent. Um, so, uh, so that you, oops, I got a redneck going outside. <laughs> I got up to in North Carolina. So yes. Just, just one. <laughs> well, I've got no, many, there's but... probably a lot. 
Um, okay. Did your, maybe I missed this and I, I'm sorry if I did, but did your dad recall seeing this UFO? Yes, he did. My dad used to say that uh, both he was abducted and occasionally I was abducted in the old trailer that we lived in in Burson Road. Well, you know that there's something to this if you personally have missing time. I don't as an adult anymore. I did but as, as a child. Adolescent. Yes. So, I mean, I just, I find that super fascinating. It's definitely like we can talk about that later, but it's just really credible and fascinating. And as you, I'm sure you know. Um, yeah. So, okay, and then just a little bit more in the background info is the religious stuff, where you started and kind of where you are now. Uh, yeah, I used to be a conservative Christian. I was raised Presbyterian. Um, I was initially baptized Catholic, but my mom died before I was Catholic. Um, so growing up, I was a Bible-believing uh, Presbyterian. Um, actually, um, uh, uh, there was uh, one of Trump's... Uh, not ancestors, uh, family members. I think maybe first cousin, second cousin went to my church. And actually, I've been on Trump's yacht, the one that he uh, he uh, sold to Adnan Kashiogi. I've been on that yacht. I went with a youth group, uh, choir group up to New York City. Uh, I just want to know, I don't know why I thought that was pertinent. Because <laughs> I guess Trump was a Presbyterian, but yeah. It's um, a fun fact, for sure. Yeah, yeah I guess. Uh, so um, yeah, I... I um, I remember going to church and my dad was born again. So we went to like a bunch of different churches, even though I grew up in a Presbyterian church that my family always went to. It's called Highland Presbyterian Church. But um, he also went, we also went to Methodist churches sometimes. We also went to Pentecostal churches sometimes. My father had really strong faith. I mean, he used to speak in tongues and, you know, really had faith. And I never felt like I had that. You know, I, I would try in my heart, I would really try to. Um, at the time, but I never found myself to be able to manifest anything. And so when I became a young adult, um, I kind of became a little bit agnostic. Like I still believe, you know, in my heart, but I didn't go to church. I still really don't to this day. I don't think I have to. Um, and um, so I kind of just drifted and I met my wife and my wife at the time was kind of pagan playing a little bit around with Satanism a little bit, you know? And uh, eventually she became completely atheist, which is, which is I guess, funny. Um, but yeah, I, uh, I just, I don't know. I just, I start, when I became a conspiracy theorist, when I listened to Alex Jones when, back in 2008, you know, red-pilling me about the New World Order and stuff like that and everything and kind of learned that religion was a lie and Christianity was definitely flawed with the Council of Nicaea and, persecution of the Gnostics and everything like that and how the Bible was formed and everything. Um, I don't know. I just had to step back and really think of some things, you know, and had to take evaluation in my life. I always saw, I've always been witness to miracles because my dad swears up and down that, okay, so my mom was taken ahead of him uh, by ambulance up to Chapel Hill and he was following her by car, but he was a little bit farther back. And he's and my my father he's would be witness to these supernatural events and I've seen them myself but not to the degree that he has, so he swears up and down that um on his way up there because he was he was he got stuck behind because of traffic or some accident or something like that that when they were giving birth to me an angel appeared to my dad and told him that I would be perfectly fine like there would be you know I would you know that have you know had issues or whatever but I'd come out of perfectly fine that I was supposed to live my life um. And, you know, my dad believed in stuff like that. And I would always be like, 
nah, there's no, you know, I've never seen anything supernatural like that, you know, and, and everything until my son, Abel, was born uh, six, uh, six in the world with his condition called congenital myopathy with excess muscle spindles. It was so rare that it didn't even have a name, really appropriate diagnosis. I mean, it's like a one in six, six or seven billion chance that a person would have this condition. And he was supposed to die. Um, and um, the doctor told us that he was going to. Um, and he was on a ventilator for about three or four months when they were trying to figure out exactly what was wrong with him. And I remember one day, uh, my wife and I were praying about what to do um, and talking about it. And I had, and I had decided to, uh, well, we both had decided to um, take him off the ventilator because we didn't want him to suffer. And he actually spit the tube out while we were having that conversation on his own. Uh, which wow, medically that's synchronous. Yeah, that's crazy. Medically is impossible because his throat muscles and his lungs should have atrophied by then. He was actually breathing better off the ventilator than he was on the ventilator, um, which was also supposed to be impossible too. So, I mean, when, when you look at everything, I mean, I consider myself now to be a Gnostic believes in Yeshua. Um, I do have a lot of Gnostic beliefs about the Archons and um, about the, the planet that we live on and everything like that. It's definitely different than how I was when um, I was, you know, Christian 10, 15 years ago. Um, but I mean, I guess in some ways it's kind of the same. I follow the right-hand path even doing what's right as much as I possibly can and trying to enlighten myself Gnosis and light and others. So I don't know. Maybe I guess I really maybe I haven't changed. And maybe I've always known and somewhere deep inside of me that there has to be some truth to things that I cannot explain. You know? But, yeah. I mean it's like it's two sides of my mind. I got a rational side that always wants to say, or, or a logical side I should say, that always wants to say this there's nothing supernatural. Then I have the supernatural in intuitive part of my mind that says everything is <laughs> yeah you know and they're always fighting with each other now and but isn't i mean i consider i know that i can't think of his name i think it might be steve well i don't know but i do consider the bible a supernatural document i mean that's it's talking about lots of supernatural stuff so i mean i, I and i don't know i don't know how a lot of christians think about that but it it reading it just like just reading that document especially some of the really juicy books in it 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 comes off like um you know an older written supernatural thriller yeah yeah i mean very much so i mean i just i just hate that um the gnostic works majority of them were burned and will never be read or they're at the bottom of the catholic vaults yeah oh the vatican vault oh lord and that upsets me um, yeah, because I would love to read them, you know, and I have yes. read majority of the Gnostic texts myself and books about Gnosticism and everything. So it's just upsetting to me that I'll never, you know, I'll never get to 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 read them, you know. And, well, do you think that plays into some of the conspiracy stuff? I mean, clearly this stuff is I mean, there's been I, I think it's obvious that there is some cover up with our history. Right. Of course. Missing. Uh, you're talking about our talking about the time the, the the timelines as far as uh the history you know we're talking about atlantis or lumeria or mu or 
right, any right. of it, any of it that would serve like people, you know, organizations like the Vatican to cover up information and, and, and allegedly burn or hide documents that would create an alternate story. It's all about control. I mean, yeah. you can't let it out. Um, and now whether it's supernatural, like the archons or it's man itself doing it, it could be listed as either or. Or both. Yeah. Uh, or but, both. Yeah. Love that always. Okay. So, and then just to finish up on the background stuff, are you by chance RH negative? No, I'm RH positive. Interest with all this going on too, I was sure you were going to say yes to RH negative. I was like, what else? What else can there be? A B there? positive, believe it or not, which some people say is the antithesis of of O, o negative. Uh, is isn't A B rare though? It I is. thought the Antichrist was going to have A B positive blood. Well, no, it's I'm not kidding. me. I'm so. But A B is rare. That's it, it is. Yeah. Um, it's kind of like the <laughs> the Lyme disease of blood types. You know, it's <laughs> the general Dude. category you get stuck in if you're not the other ones. <laughs> oh, Jerry. Oh, Jer, we need like a little sample for it, like a sample of that. Uh, um, See, okay, and then also, do you know, like just like your basic, I know, did I get cut off, Jer? You did yeah, for a second, did. yes. <laughs> oh, no, the bots are on to me. Yes. Um. So what about your just basic astrological stuff? I have no idea. I mean, I mean. Do you know your sun sign? No, I don't. I've no, 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 I don't practice. Uh, September second, nineteen eighty-five. Virgo, right? Yes, Wait, I September second. You knew that. Yes, I know I'm a Virgo. That's all I know. Like, okay, I, that's all right. It's just kind of just background info, and especially for some of the the astrologers. I know Virgos are like neat and and uh, orderly by nature, and and uh, well, organization. Yeah. The rule by Mercury. Um, okay, so let's get into like the, you'd already given us a little teaser here, though. You said you dream in color and you can read. So tell us more about how your, your general landscape is like currently when you're in the dream realm. I mean, sometimes it'll be dreams where it'll be what I've done during the day or talking with certain people, like, not to sound weird, but that hive mind that we did the other night, Jerry, I dreamed about that right afterwards that we were talking, but it, but it was different than what we had already talked about. I, think I, I love that you said hive mind. I had a similar dream. Um, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not really intuitive in my own personal life, like how my wife is. Like my wife will dream something and it'll per per personally happen to us. I'm more oh, intuitive wow. about dreaming about things that happen in world events. Wait, so you're, you just said you, you dream and they come true in world events? Sometimes I can use intuition to call, like nothing major, like I can't pinpoint earthquakes or anything like that. But if something goes the way it's supposed to go in the news or something like that, like maybe with um, this whole, like the Kanye West thing that's going on right now. Which I'm not familiar with. Uh, Kanye West and um, uh, being pro-Trump and being pro-conservative. Pro, uh, yeah. I knew that. Um, there, it's just it's just smokescreen. It was a smokescreen for Israel uh, attacking uh, Syria, um, and I intuitively knew and dreamed not necessarily that Israel was going to attack Syria, but knew that the the Kanye thing was uh, fake. Interesting. It seemed so, to be very distractionary, uh, yeah. with intention. 
Man, I Much mixed like all that the though. Israel Netanyahu PowerPoint. Yes. Um, like, when it, have you ever heard about someone using a PowerPoint as news? I just thought it well, was. Well, American, Americans love PowerPoints. They love projections. I mean, Sean Hannity said Netanyahu's the Winston Churchill of our time. A wild banger did. I mean, you know, I mean, if yeah. people like flashing lights and slides and YouTube videos. Obviously, obviously. But I'm saying, though, that every world leader and every presentation you ever go to uses PowerPoint. So why would they highlight it in. It seems like a pay, either paid promotional thing or it's something code or something. I mean, it's weird. Little, maybe it's just a little Easter egg uh, tidbit in the timelines. Is that what we're dealing with now? I think it's a paid, you know, product placement. Sometimes I don't want to say like I'm John Nash, but sometimes I swear that certain things do happen just pur purposely for people like you and I, Jerry. That, you know, just left there just so we know. <laughs> we know no one else catches that. Like, <laughs> yeah. Just so we know, you know, that, you know, shit ain't quite what we think it is. And, and you know, we left it for ourselves to find, right? Yeah, yes, that too. in the or end. <laughs> yeah, or it's, or it's just for all good fun and all in good right. joke. So, yeah. But, That's interesting, I mean, though. I mean, dreams now, I mean, I don't know, like, it's rare that it's ever a nightmare of, like, zombies or someone trying to break in to kill my family or stuff like that like most of the time it's just things that happen to me in a daily day life things that i'm thinking about or researching at the time or sometimes it can get a little weird like i'm astral projecting and stuff like that but can you tell us about the astral projecting dreams uh sometimes it's me going to check up on see what someone's doing but i don't think i'm leaving my body though. that's what's weird is most people are astral projecting claim that they leave the body, but I don't think I do. I think I'm able to do it in the dream dimension without actually my soul actually leaving my body. Well, I don't think they actually leave their body. Well, I don't, true, I don't think anyone is. You're projecting your consciousness. So it's more like but, a sensory remote viewing. But most people say claim that they're like tied to something or you know Oh like, that old the silver cord they talk about. I would that's kind of like that's old a language. System, you know? Yeah. I, I agree. Mean, but I, I, to me, it's almost like I'm tapping into different timelines and stuff like that. Like, it's a little bit different. Maybe I'm just looking at it wrong. I don't know. But it just seems to me how it manifests itself. Dude, there's, this is, we're talking about dreams. There's no wrong or right. Yeah, I guess you're right. Sure, <laughs> right, <like> exactly. <laughs> Seriously. I find it interesting, though, that you, you could possibly be dreaming about astro projecting. Versus that's what's, that's yeah. cool. Yeah. It, that might be what's going on. Uh, but usually when I do do that, sometimes it's, or if I dream that I need to talk to somebody, it's weird. Like they'll call me a couple hours after I'm waking up, you know, like somehow they know, like I can contact like psychic magnetism in my sleep or something. It's really weird. Works most of the time. I mean, I'm not even talking about friends. I'm talking about like if I need to get in contact with like someone I'm trying to talk to or something. Weird how it works does it's almost like i can manifest it through my journeys which i mean a lot of people talk about that nothing special um i mean yeah i just it, the what cra craziest things to me is when i dream it's always hd here and i don't know if that's because i've taken so much iodine that i've opened up the pineal gland enough and i get so much sun melatonin's cranking and that's why if you're looking at it from a physiological standpoint but i mean it is i i can recall my dreams too like, the dream I had last night was that me, 
for some reason, I ended up going to the the cabin meetup that all the Grimerica people were going to, but I'm not I'm not going to end up going. You're not going. I can't go. Um, but I was there, and um, I was trying to convince Darren that chemtrails were real. And I could smell, like, a combination of, like, indica and, and the ocean. Ooh, I like that combo. <laughs> I'm sure that's <laughs> an cherry. accurate smell. <laughs> and that's, that did not woke up. So, usually that's what my dreams are. They're just talking to me. Or me getting info from me. And sometimes the info turns out to be true synchronistically. I'm able to validate later. Sometimes it's not. I mean, I guess my dreams are in that regard. Like, I know most people dream about, like, I don't know, superheroes. I just, me, I've just never really done that. I mean, I've had some dreams where I've both viewed and, like, underground sewers underneath uh, or Bragg near where I live and stuff like that. I remember uh, Comet Pizza Ping Pong being able to view uh, Best of Pizza. Uh, I don't know. It's just weird. Like, I don't know. I just, some people talk about uh, leaving their body and astral projecting, but it's like almost I'm doing it without leaving. Best way I can explain it. Maybe it's a form of remote viewing in my dreams. Yeah, it's well, it's definitely cool. I mean, the folk people would say it's dreaming true, which I love the folk language. And um, I, I do it too. So I'm with you on this. What I'm taking out of this, though, which is extra cool, is your sense of smell. Yeah, I can smell things. And I can't smell in real life either. I lost my sense of smell from the sound of reflux. Something has to be like right up in my nose to smell it. Where in my dreams, it's extremely potent. Um, all my senses are heightened. Hearing, visual, like, it's like the crispest visual. Like, I have 20-20 vision, but it's like the clearest visual ever. Like, I can't explain how crisp it is. And I don't know why it's, it's always been like that, ever since I was a kid. Where, like, I don't understand how people dream in black and white. Like, I've always just dreamed in HD clear. Yeah, yeah, and, and it's just it's always, it's always just been weird like that. Like to me, and everybody, like people hate going to sleep. And me, I'm not really. I've never been a except when I was a kid when I was having night terrors. But as an adult, um, I'm never. I'm not afraid to go to bed. Like I'm not afraid to go to sleep and have dreams. They never. They rarely ever. Like I mean, like I said, I might have one nightmare once a year, and that's yeah. it. Even then, I just wake up. I look forward to every every time I close my eyes. Do you, so let's talk about what your ability to read in dreams, which I just super love. Do you have some um, maybe concrete examples? Uh, if someone gives me a piece of paper in a dream or I pick up a book, I can read it. Or if there's a signpost or something, like I can read what's on there. It's never like a bunch of jumble up letters. Like I can actually see the words and I can read. It's not like I, my mind just imagines the words to be there. I can actually read, like reading a book. It's always been that way. 
and is it is any of it ever pertinent like do you follow is there like like go here or is there is it information that you actually need or takes you further into like a journey or you use here in waking life uh waking life yeah and most of the time it'll be a complex problem that i'm trying to solve and someone will hand me like a note in a dream or i'll pick up a book and then all of a sudden it'll be something that i never thought about previously that's cool. I kind of, I kind of refer to never, that. It's never choose your own adventure or anything like that. Like I yeah. never need any help in my dreams in that regard of how I'm supposed to continue my dream and stuff like that. Like with my dad, like there's two, there's two dreams I want to talk about. One is when I dream about my father. I don't dream about my mother. I only dream about my father. Um, every time I dream about him, um, it's either in the past. Um, and I always in my dreams, nine times out of 10, in my mind, I go, you're dead. You're not alive. You're dead. Are you emotional when you encounter him from the past? Sometimes yes, sometimes no. So when you're trying to convince yourself that he's dead, or him, I guess, in these experiences, are you emotional during those times, or those times are you more matter-of-fact? Most of the time, the dreams will be, it's more matter-of-fact, but most of the time the dreams will be like, it's what if he survived? Okay. And in my brain, I know he's dead, but I'm like, Oh, you know, and I'll t start talking to him, you know, and then he'll talk to me. And sometimes it'll be about problems. Or like I said, sometimes he'll pass me a note or a book and I'll be like, oh, this is what you're looking for. Or sometimes it'll be, you know, I'll, I'll be like, I know you're dead, you know, this isn't real. And, he'll, and, then, and then I'll usually wake up when that happens. You know, it's never like I'm sitting on a bench out in the middle of nowhere and my dad just walks up in a white suit. <laughs> You know, he just kind of looks how I imagine him to look like, yeah. you know, like a little bit older, you know, um, and he's always friendly. It's never a panic dream or anything like that. It's never scary or anything. Um, some of my rare panic dreams that I do have, which I don't really consider them nightmare because I don't wake up in a panic. It's just kind of a panic dream I have. It's just, I go back in time before I met my wife when I'm about 19 or so. and My dad's still alive, uh, but my dad wasn't alive at the time in reality. But this dream he is. And I try to convince my wife that we're married and we have kids, you know, and I'm trying to talk to my father-in-law. I'm like, you know me, you know, but they don't know me because, you know, it's, it's a dream, you know, and somehow I've gone back in time. It's usually a stress dream for me, but I don't really get scared of a nightmare because I don't really wake up panicking, scared or anything like that. You know, I kind of just wake up and I'm like, does when you encounter your father in dreams does he ever give you information that like what what kind of information does he bring you what are the actual interactions like um he'll give me a note or a book sometimes and we're, we're talking and he'll be like open this book and the book usually will have some made-up title that doesn't exist like it's not a real book you know um, like for help stuff he'll give me like a book and it'll be on gut health, but I didn't write it, and I'll open it up, and it'll have maybe something that I'm missing or something that I haven't put together beforehand. Or um, or if it's researching conspiracy theories, you know, he'll, he'll um, or sometimes, maybe it's not even a book, sometimes uh, he'll be watching something on the television, and he'll be like, hey, watch this, and then it'll be like two people together. Like, I remember one time I was trying to um, put together um, Lawrence McDonald and Lawrence Pat McDonald in the Council for National Policy and um, Lawrence E. King uh, from the Franklin cover up. 
And I remember one time I had a dream where my dad was watching this documentary on TV that it doesn't exist to my knowledge. And it was talking about um, their actual connection um, was through uh, Tim LaHaye and um, um, I can't think of I can't think of the Larry Pratt. And uh, so I didn't even know that it it was just something that I just saw on the television. And then lo and behold, I woke up and I was like, huh. And then I got in a shower and started thinking about it further. And I looked back and sure enough, there was a connection between the assassination of Lawrence McDonald and possibly the Council for National Policy and Larry Pratt and all that. So it was something that he had given to me in the dream that I never previously had thought about. And that happens every so often. That's astonishing. And this is exactly the kind of stuff I, 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 I want to get more of, especially with the, with our dead ancestors. This is cause that's tangible. That's like you're pulling this into your waking life and it's, it's, it's real and tangible as we define it here. Um, when you're okay so let's talk about your father for a minute since we are talking about the dream experience when you um can you kind of just describe when you found him and all that was going on around that particular period and as that kind of dives into your unconscious and your dream as well yeah um well i found my dad dead right before i was going to go off to college um it was that july and actually the night beforehand he was feeling very ill and i didn't know his liver was failing at the time it had been failing for about a day or so beforehand um he was in a lot of pain and i remember him asking for something to drink and so i went to get it and a soda can fell on the top of my head it hurt pretty bad at o'clock in the morning so i went and got him the drink and i yelled at him and that's when i woke up and found him dead the next morning (laughs) oh wow so, you know, I kind of felt shitty at the time for that for a long time. And, of course. Um, you know, I remember when I found him uh, just crying, you know, and shaking him and trying to do CPR best I could. I didn't know how to do it. Um, and he was just, I mean, he had been dead for a couple hours. I mean, he was cold and completely stiff from the chest up. Um, and... I just, it really tore me apart. I mean, I actually had a mental breakdown. I went to, I was going to college. I was going to UNC uh, Charlotte in a full paid scholarship to study computer programming. And um, I uh, had a mental breakdown at school. My health got really sick, got really ill and felt really bad and came back home. Um, And I was going through a really tough period during that time. Like, I I mean, I was really, I I didn't think I was going to be able to hold it together. and I realized were like, you angry also? Were you like going through the whole gamut of stuff or were you down and out in depression? It's no, I don't suffer from depression very often, any at all. I was more uh having mental schisms and uh, okay. anxiety. Yeah, okay. And uh panic attacks and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and as per my genes, my genes favor were anxiety and high dopamine than than depression. Yeah. Um so, uh, and that's when I met my wife, was my girlfriend at the time, and she helped me out with a lot of the issues that I was having. Um, and I, because of her, I was able to keep it together. Um, and, uh, and that's pretty much about it. I mean, I, I just stayed here. I didn't go back to college. Um, 
So I, I, I eventually later on got over and realized that my dad knew I loved him. So he couldn't necessarily be angry with me. Yeah, of course. And I eventually, you know, accepted my father's death and grieved it properly. And, you know, and I look back on it now. I mean, now the only thing that makes me sad when I think about him is that my children will never get to know him. Yeah. That's all. It's not like I look, or something, I mean, I guess it's rare sometimes I'll be like, man, I wish I could really talk to my father, you know, because through all his flaws, I did have a good childhood. I did have a safe childhood. It could have been a hell of a lot worse. I mean, I lost both my parents and I was sick yeah. and everything like that, but I was loved. I was cared yeah. for. And I knew that I was loved. And a lot of people don't have that. Oh, yeah. It's and, true. And so everybody always, you know, feels bad for me um, because I've lost so much. But that's one thing that's always, my family was always extremely loving. Through my grandparents, through my dad, through my mother. Um, that's one thing I never had to worry about. And a lot of people have to worry about that. And it really can cause a lot of problems in people's psyches and their soul, you know, coming from unloving, having an unloving childhood. Yeah, um, the, the love is the greatest gift. And if, if they see it, if you know it's there, then, I mean, that's the gold. And my dad always, um, always, you know, always hugged me and told me he loved me and everything like that. Because my grandpa used to be very emotionally distant, but he wasn't after I was like, I always know my grandpa was being very loving mm -hmm. me too, and everything like that. But my dad claims he used to not be. Uh, so my dad made the decision a long time ago that if he's ever going to have kids, that he cannot be that way. Um, Are you an only child? Yes, I am. Yes. Did So your first dream, there's a couple, I have a couple questions here around this. Your first dream that you recall of your father after he passed, do you actually recall it? Yes, I can recall that dream. Um, it's the only one where it's kind of like a stereotypical dream where I'm sitting on a park bench out in the park and he comes up to me um, and he's wearing like a really nice suit, you know? And he sits down beside me and we just, we just talk. And I just, I just cry and cry and cry about how much I miss him, how hard it is and how I just, you know, I, I, my whole senior year, I kind of, you know, was growing up and I was going through my own growing pains. So, you know, he's still proud of me because he still did very well in school, got into college and everything, but I kind of distanced myself, you know, because I was resentful that I couldn't be a normal child, I had to take care of him a lot growing up and, you know, I really carried, carried around that caregiver burden, you know, and had, yeah. Burnout too. I really regretted it, and I remember in that dream, just crying and just telling how sorry I was, and just you know, telling me it was okay. And kind of after that, I did weirdly kind of get better. Mm -hmm. That was a yeah. couple of months afterwards. Um. So yeah, that was in my dreams. My father is never angry. Never Do you feel like it's continued your relationship? I mean, for me, that's how I feel with my my loved ones that have passed. Yes, um, yes, I do. Uh, I I still see my grandmother from time to time. I still see my father. Um, I don't see my son very often, but that's because he died when he was three and he couldn't really talk anyway. So I can kind of see why I don't. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I want to get to your son here in a second. But that, but you, there is a sense of of listening to you speak. At least, I I wouldn't know they were past because in in the way you present this, this is a continuing relationship, and it really comes across. Well, in my mind, they're not dead. I mean, yeah, who is what is dead? 
You know? I know. Well, we get into that. <laughs> what? Okay. So I was also intrigued with these. So this dream of your wife, um, that you had to be wife, the early one with the, the parent, was that, that was after your father died, but it was it before you met her? So it was before you actually met her. Well, no, no, that's the dream I still have now. Um, it wasn't before I met her. Um, now you might find how I met my wife very interesting is, is she appeared to be both times in my life, um, physically when both my parents died, when she was going through traumatic experiences in her life too. So we met actually in the first grade when my mother had died. Um, and we were really good friends during that time period, very close with one another. And oh, wow. I never saw her again. We had mutual friends, but I never saw her again until right before my father died. Oh, um, wow. Friend got us together. Um, and then my father died and then we got together and we've been together ever since. There's some, you know, people always talking about that twin flame thing and, and, I, you know, I don't know how I feel, but when I hear stories like this, it certainly gives credence to that because this is significant. She was there for these major, uh, turning points in your life. And then, and here she is after, like from your father on. Yeah. I mean, I definitely, I hate to say, I believe in soulmates, but. I mean, I do, and she's mine. The thick and thin. I mean, we've had our own trials and tribulations, but there yeah. is definitely a reason why we are together. Um, and not just like, there has to be some sort of supernatural reason. Yeah, you've crossed, over, you've crossed paths. Like, I'm getting, I've got real goosebumps going. I love that, the romantic goosebumps. <laughs> and, I do, and I do think that we've been together in past lives, for sure. I would 100% believe in everything and believe that to be true. And, and I definitely want to get on that, that topic later too. this. So let's move over to your son. And, um, and so maybe like around just, you know, tell us about him and then also tie in, tie in the dream experiences you have had. Okay. Um, well, my son, Abel, um, it's, uh, born 2011, um, it was a troubled pregnancy. It wasn't at the beginning. It was later. Even though my wife intuitively always knew something was wrong with Abel, uh, because she would just they just start crying. Uh, with my, my my previous son Holden, our younger son, uh, well, older son now, said younger time. Um, he she was very happy with him, and she was actually somewhat happy with Rainbow Child, my daughter. She was pregnant with right Abel had passed. Um, so. Abel, we just knew something was wrong. Like she was in pain. She just never felt well. So around the 31st week, um, she, uh, she had, um, we went in for an ultrasound and Abel wasn't moving. And the um, ultrasound said so they knew something was wrong, but they didn't know what was wrong. And she also had polyhydramos, um, which is like, you know, getting a lot of food in her stomach when you're pregnant. Um, so, um, he didn't know he was alive because his heart was beating, but he just wasn't moving. So they were like, well, we have no idea. Um, and so when he was born, um, I remember my wife had to have a C-section with all three. Um, I remember when he was born, like, he didn't cry. And he was born with contracture, like, couldn't move. And I just looked at my wife just was like, you know, just like, no, don't look at him. Um, 
and they just took him immediately to the, the um, to the ICU. And I remember meeting the, the ICU doctor later, and it's hilarious because one of the ICU doctors there was my doctor when I was a kid, and he remembered me. Oh and, wow! <laughs> uh, and I, the ICU had just opened up in Paper Valley, and he when they moved me back from Chapel Hill to Paper Valley, he was my doctor, and he was really nice. You know, but the other, the head ICU doctor, he literally told me it was better for my son to die than to live in his trapped body. Oh, man. And I was like, okay. So, you know, he goes to Chapel Hill. They're trying to do tests. They're trying to figure out what's wrong. And eventually they do. They send off a, a muscle biopsy to the Mayo Clinic. One doctor's like, I think I've seen this. And so they come back with a diagnosis of myopathy. Then he spits, spits out the tube. So they send him home. And he starts recovering. Around that time, I was in natural medicine. I didn't know as much as I did now, but I still knew quite a bit. And I was running fixture gut, or at least I started to. And um, so I started, you know, giving him CoQ10 and magnesium, doing sun light and light therapy. But he started to recover. He started to move around, and he's very expressive, very intelligent. You know, there's definitely, he was very smart. And uh, he started to recover, and I was giving him... Uh, like they were like giving him like food, t- uh, right? Like uh, tube feeding because he, they were afraid he couldn't swallow because his throat muscles like similar patients, family like fellows. So um, I started playing around with give, us giving his own formula. They didn't really like that very much, and he started losing weight. But they would tell us that they didn't want him to get too heavy because of his being predisposition to heart failure, and because of um, most children like have felt there failure to thrive so his nutritionist kept like threatening us saying you know you're not feeding your son i'm going to contact cps but all the nurses were like behind us you know saying you know they're either taking great care of the child you know so eventually i got scared biggest regret i've ever had in my life and i should have told him to go to hell um but i was scared and so i said fine whatever do what you want so they started feeding him started feeding him too much started aspirating into his liver. So he had to keep going to the hospital. They go in the hospital, they take they reduce his feed, get better, then he go back home. I put him back on his feed and he would aspirate. And I kept telling him that this is what was happening. But they kept saying, no, no, it's his disease, it's getting worse. And I'm like, no, he's aspirating in his damn lungs. Well eventually uh he aspirated one time so bad that like he aspirated your lungs you cough up your stomach contents. So one time he did it so bad like he stopped breathing, so they had to intubate him and put him on a ventilator. Eventually, through trial and error, it took about four, three to four months. Eventually, I finally convinced them, you know, just pleading that that was the problem, that he was aspirin. So, we took him back home and he started to recover to the part point where uh, he was, you know, he, some, they were going to take him off the ventilator. His lung function had returned, um, his heart was perfect. Um, and, you know, he was very bright, you know, very intelligent, probably like almost a genius intellect at the time. He couldn't express himself verbally, but just the way they were measuring his intelligence, like visual cues and reactions and stuff like that, he was extremely bright. And um, he had a sudden pulmonary embolism because of all the uh, issues that they had with ventilation, trauma, passed prior to that, and he died. And to this day, I regret it. I regret not standing up for my son. Um, I regret mm-hmm. 
telling not telling them to go to hell, and he's dead, sadly, because of my cowardice. And I swear never. And I I mean when I dream about him, he's always happy. He used to blow bubbles and smile. No. But I'm always just, you know, telling him it's like I'm sorry. No, I'm, I'm sorry I let you down. And it still eats me up to this day. I mean, I believed, you know, it wasn't like my dad I didn't have that much of a great. You know, my health did get bad a little bit. Yeah. And um, it still bothers me, but I'm able to keep it together, you know, pretty well. Talk about it. How often do you see him in dreams? Very rarely. Very rarely. And so when you, so the couple times you have, or the the few times, was he was doing that bubble smile thing? He was very happy, yes. Real cute, yeah. I love that image, by the way. It's I can see it, you know. He was extremely happy, and he's happy to see. Me. Yeah. And he knew that I did the best. Yeah. Sometimes I feel that I probably. But I, yeah, I mean it's. It is what it is. There's nothing I can do about it now. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. That's it's incredibly hard to listen to. It's very sad. Um. I like, though, I do like that he showed up in your dreams to let you know he was all right. And that just seems significant to me. So, all right. And it seems to me, listening, just listening to everything so far, that you do have a good interaction with pretty much everyone that's passed that is in your bubble of love, you know, in your family, the yes. grandparents, right? Yes. And so, and all of those, and they all seem to be like healthy dreams. Like, yes, they're never sad. When it, so, this is a question, and it's specifically related to what you do, which is healing, which is health and healing the gut. When you're when you're out of whack, in the times in the past when you've been out of whack, have you seen in your dream life? symptoms of that has this has have symbols come up to let you know that you're on the verge of being having a, a flare-up or anything yeah i'm perfectly healthy every time okay all through your life all through my life okay interesting it's um i am too i wonder and i had um when my mother died i ended up with hashimoto's which you know is autoimmune yes. and it's triggered by stress events and um I was fine in all my dreams too. <laughs> and yeah, I got so I got, you know, I ended up in a coma. It was terrible. Um, oh, and yet the whole time my dreams were fine. I'm like, why am I not seeing this these symptoms in the dreamscape, you know, when I'm physically going through all this? It's always been a question of mine. Some people do. I just I never did. Yeah, me neither. But I also am, I come from that, like, your your story so far to me, everything I'm hearing sounds triumphant. And so you're not coming from, say, the contrary. And I've always felt that way about myself. So I think that could just be our outlook. Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty sure that's probably one of the biggest things about it is that I believe that Earth that we live in is a very, like, dark place. Mm -hmm. But my outlook on life and how I handle it, I guess maybe because I have such high dopamine, I don't treat it as such. Yeah. 
Um, I'm very happy-go-lucky, you know, very easily amused. You know, I enjoy things. You know? Yeah, you seem like you laugh a lot. Yeah. I'm not going to say that I don't get depressed from time to time. Everybody does, but yeah, of course. In general, yeah, I enjoy being jokey and Ooh. I enjoy jokes and comedy. Ooh. Like, for example, movies, I don't watch movies. I can't stand them. Um, but I watch comedy. I watch science fiction and stuff like that. Um, and you're a member of the Cruising with Steak Discord. You, that means you do laugh <laughs> no matter what. Yes, yes. <laughs> Those guys. But one thing is, is music. You know, everybody usually resonates with music, and I really didn't until I was 18. I didn't listen listen to my own music until I was 17 or 18. I just used to listen to my dad was Aerosmith and Russian. So I never really cared of listening to music until I, you know, I that old. But you know, you hear stories about people being, deep, you know, have deep affinity to music and stuff like that. Never really had like I do now more like I have bands that I enjoy music that I enjoy and everything. But like everybody talks about when they're a kid, you know, like my wife, she loved Nirvana when she was like twelve and stuff like that. I didn't even know Nirvana even existed. Um, Addy, I mean, it wasn't like a like my dad kept me from these things. I just didn't care. Um, I was and- the exact same way with the music. Um, my friends listened to everything, and I really never picked anything, and I hadn't decided on what I liked yet. But yeah, a lot of people listen to Rush, and I could not stand Rush. Sure. And a yeah, lot, I think a lot of things I didn't like then I like now, which is even weirder. Yeah, it's the same thing for me, and I think Jerry and I are like that in a lot of ways. Where um, we we kind of we, we see everybody else listening to things and being disappointed or liking it, and it's hard for us to to make a decision on certain that because we don't want to be disappointed ourselves. And I was like that early as a child too. You know, I, it would be hard for me to want things. Um, and it was the same with music. You know, I just never. Really, eh. I mean, I liked Aerosmith. I still like Aerosmith. And I can see what my dad liked Aerosmith. I see what my dad liked. Ferner. I do like Rush, though, Jerry. Um, I never but, liked Rush. <laughs> but, I, I mean, I just, I don't know. I just, I like, people love the Beatles. I can't stand the Beatles. I know that's going to get me some down votes, and people are going to be like, what the hell, and stuff like that. But I just, the Beatles, oh, the Beatles are highly overrated. I just, I never, I never see it. I never, like, I like the Who way better than the Beatles. Um, it's just weird. Like, I just could never see so I still can't to this day. I know kids now that don't know who the Beatles are that are like 20. Yeah, but it makes sense. <laughs> it's just bizarre because they were so huge. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I didn't even know who the Beatles really were until I got old. Same with me. Like, anywhere, music, music my dad listened to, but I mean, even my dad went to his born again Christian phase and I used to listen to DC Talk and New Ways and stuff like that. Of course, I wouldn't listen to it now. You can pay me to listen. Well, what did you, so instead of music, what did you get lost in as a child? Like, you know how people get lost in music. What were you able to, was it video games? Video games, uh, television shows. I never cared for movies. I still don't to this day. I'll watch occasionally if I really care. For but I've always been, as much as I know, the old YouTube, you know, television programming and stuff like that. It's all, it's one of the what, what, cha- what did you like on television when you were young? As a kid? Yeah how far back we going um, as far as you can remember i like the early stuff from people i remember liking sailor moon and dragon ball z and watching stuff with my dad like x files and sliders i love sliders so much um I don't was that the time was that a time travel show yes it was 
Yes, it was okay. Dimension travel. Well, dimension, dimension travel, sure, but they also, yeah, but you can look at time travel too. But yes, it was. Maybe timelines are other dimensions. That is, that is possible. Exactly. But, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, I, I you know, I, I love science fiction because my dad loved it. And I used to watch wrestling a lot as a child because my father liked it. I'd watch it with him. Um, the Simpsons and Family Guy and. I used to watch old Nick and Night shows with my grandparents, so I love Taxi and All in the Family and the Jefferson. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, oh, that stuff's all good. Um, I used to watch that uh, with, with them. I enjoy it. And I still watch stuff like Taxi every now and then to this day. Do it. Um, and still find it hilarious. So, so when, okay, so I want to um, get back into, like, I want to get into Lucid Dreams, which you already yeah. gave us it sounds like pretty much that's kind of your dream dreaming experience in general. Am I wrong? I mean, it sounded that way no, to me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, especially it's always been that way, but I mean, when I really decalcified my pineal gland, it really hit the sunlight and the iodine hard. That's when it was like all the time. Mm -hmm. it, so it really was connected to decalcifying your pineal. I believe so. Yeah. And just for people out there, so you mentioned iodine and sunlight. Is that all you did? That's all I did, yes. I'm a believer in both, of course, um, especially with Hashimoto's, the iodine. Yep, and selenium. You want to make sure you take the selenium, too, to activate. Uh, oh, yeah, magnesium. Honey, I'm on, to I'm on top of it. I left allopathic medicine very long ago and, and don't take any thyroid, like, allopathic medicines. Yeah, like I cured it, and they said you don't cure it. Oh, you can't. Well, I, I did. I have. I I'm a word, living example. Okay, I can't use the word cure, but I've known people who have put theirs in remission. Yeah, that's um, yeah. I'm also a ten year now, ten years, and I'm twenty years into when I got diagnosed. But ten years, I haven't been messing with. It. I have flare ups. We all do. If I get stressed, you know. Yeah, I mean, I still have H. pylori flare ups if I get stressed enough or adrenaline shocks and stuff like that. But I'm definitely healthy a lot better, especially sun. I can't tell you how much grounding mm -hmm. sun changed my health. Vitamin D is important. Yes, it is. More sunlight endogenous production than supplemental vitamin D. But yes, I agree. Well, that's when I, I'm talking about getting it from the source, yes. which is sunlight. Yes. I mean, there's a reason why human beings i mean if we are animals we love the sun and we worship the sun for so long it's because it gives us life and it makes us healthy so mm -hmm. um that's the problem is that they're spraying all the chemtrails and messing with the wavelengths oh, i know well this is so this is kind of like and since we our show's got this new format of just kind of it's all mixed in but what do you think about the 5g stuff that's unrolling now i'm scared of it but there's nothing I can technically do about it. Well, I know we can't do anything about it, but I think like on, on a health, on a health physical level, our flesh, our organs and these waves moving through us. Yeah. I mean, you do whatever you possibly can to combat it. Make sure your mitochondria are at its highest function, uh, functional capability. Make sure you're getting drinking clean water. Uh, you're, um, you're uh, getting sunlight. You're getting enough DHEA through uh, seafood and seafood ingestion, or if you're, uh, vegan uh, algae, um, you know, doing things for mitochondrial health, getting enough magnesium and everything like that, all that's important. This is good stuff. I like that. Um, I like that we're talking about this stuff, especially for a chat. I mean, I, this is stuff I do. 
grounding, making sure that you're getting melatonin. We'll need to hear this. You've obviously made a career of it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, the, I mean, which is funny because I used to be a hundred percent completely, uh, opathic medicine because my grandfather was a pharmacist. I believe oh, dear. hook, line and sinker took yeah. as a teenager. That's why I'm balding. Um, uh, and there were times where allopathic medicine saved my life. Like when my appendix ruptured or. or when... No, it has a place for emergencies and, yes, and broken bones and all that. But when sure. I, got, I did, when I, I did what I was supposed to, I was a good girl and listened to them. And then I just kept getting sicker. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I was uh, like, what? <laughs> and a lot of people, you know, people in my own family and people that I've coached and everything. And like, for, like my son, Abel, for example, I mean, he was the only child who didn't have heart failure with his condition. And his heart was great because of me giving, increasing his mitochondrial function, you know, and that's I mean, amazing. His, I mean, his geneticist, Dr. Fan, she wanted me to go to Chapel Hill because she was like, you're amazing with what you do, your knowledge and everything. Like, like with this published paper on my son, Abel, like I'm listed as a knowledgeable expert, like one of the foremost experts in his condition. I even graduated from medical school, <laughs> you know, wow. so it's, it, it, it's just, I've seen it work. No one can tell me it doesn't work. I know it does. Yeah. 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 I don't need, I don't need to, um, th that's the thing with me. Like I've seen it work too. And so I don't need to necessarily even see in peer reviewed journals, what is and what isn't just because of my own personal experience with recovering from autoimmune stuff. And I'm not going to say that. So, and I want to, this is something before, when I knew you were coming on and I, I knew that you're, you're a gut health guy. I wanted to, I wanted to get your opinion on um, how some of this, some of these supplements or anything, anything that you have as far as what could connect into better dreaming, better dream recall, and in that kind of experience. Yeah, I wanted to talk about that. I wanted to talk about, of course, our gut microbiome being a third brain or second brain of sorts. Um, and, 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 or actually, your brain has a microbiome too, which is the third brain, and your gut is your second brain. Because um, you actually have a brain, and then you have your second brain, which is your gut microbiome that produces its own neurotransmitters, you know, GABA, uh, dopamine, serotonin, uh, melatonin. Um, and then you have the microbiome in your brain your brain is not sterile that also produces its own neurotransmitters too <laughs> it, so, it's amazing i just find all that amazing when i learned that the gut was actually a brain too that like the neurotransmitters and all this happening it blew my mind yeah and the microbiome in your brain is also a brain so then you're like well then what part of you is actually me and what part of me is the organism <laughs> yeah i know it's a twister um i do okay first of all i do believe people have souls okay first off and i do think there's consciousness separate from a microbiome but i do think our microbiome can drive it though well we're going to get into that con conversation about consciousness later so let's just stay on track with this um but with the dreams i mean yeah you know you all, always first and foremost if you want to get sun uh because sun produces serotonin which is later methylated into melatonin uh for proper methylation you want to make sure that you're getting your green vegetables you know your, your collards your kale your spinach your broccoli uh, you know, get plenty amount of folate, so your methylation is good. You know, B12 from eggs. Um, so more crustiferous. Um, what is it? Why am I tongue twisting this? Cruciferous. Cruciferous. Thank you. Yes. More cruciferous than other types of greens, or all, just in general. Uh, just anything that has folate, folate in it. So like your your lettuce, your romaine lettuce, your kale, anything green, pretty much, it's going to have a good amount of folate. 
Okay. So yeah, um, you wanna wanna you wanna make sure that you're getting enough. If you are, you know, if you do have issues with methylation, uh, which Dr. Ben Lynch wrote a great book called Dirty Genes. I recommend anybody listening to read that book. You'll understand more about methylation. But you need methylation to turn ser- serotonin into melatonin. Which we know melatonin is a chemical that makes us sleepy. It's also possibly one of the chemicals that are involved in dreaming. A DMT possibly be another one. Um, GABA could also be another one, a neurotransmitter that could be involved. Um, so yeah, I mean, you want to make sure that you know you're getting en- you're making enough melatonin. Um, you also want to make sure that your pineal gland itself can make its own amount of you know, melatonin. So you want to make sure you decalcify it. fluoride and and, and, and bromide are able to calcify pineal gland, um, which would make the pineal gland produce less melatonin. They say it naturally happens as you age. I think that's a bull, bull crap. Uh, I think it happens a lot. You know, like I mentioned, the fluoride, drinking water, the toothpaste, and in our food, and bromide being in food, you know, like drinking drinks like Mountain Dew and medicine and stuff like that and everything, inhibiting the thyroid and pineal gland. Um, so, yeah, oh, you dear. You make sure that you're supplementing occasionally with iodine, um, and you want to make sure that you're eating seafood, which is rich in iodine, or eggs, which is rich in iodine. Um, and I got a blog about iodine on Fix Your Gut. Or, you know, about it. Um, but yeah, I mean, as far as dreaming is concerned, and I guess the final thing is you want to make sure that your gut's happy, because your microbes are making a lot of neurotransmitters both in your brain and in your gut. Now, granted, they say 80% of the serotonin is made by your microbiome, and majority of making it is in your gut. It's true, but most of it's localized in use in your gut for peristalsis, for bowel movements, okay? Because serotonin is a muscle constrictor. Um, so actually, serotonin, most people think, is the chemical that makes you feel happy. It's not. Serotonin is the chemical that stabilizes your mood and also turns into melatonin for sleep. Dopamine is actually what makes you happy. Uh, and GABA is what makes you feel relaxed. Where glutamine, glutamate is more for work. Not glutamine, glutamate, should I say, is more for work being ready and attentiveness and memory cognition um, and everything. So try to get those neurotransmitters in balance through proper diet, you know, like perfect health diet for some or for others. It may be a ketogenic diet, like uh, Bulletproof. Um, and yeah, I like proper that. Proper amounts of sun, making sure that you're getting uh, proper amounts, you know, sleep. Your sleep hygiene is good, limiting blue light. Uh, you know, make sure you get enough iodine. All those would be proper for to improve What do you think about insulin resistance and all of that that as it's tying into this conversation it's definitely going to hinder your gut it's going to hinder the brain's ability to use insulin properly which could hinder dream cause dream issues um as well as cognition issues too i mean we pretty much have theorized that type 3 diabetes is the brain's ability to not use insulin properly which is Mm -hmm. alzheimer's disease yeah and where do you stand on intermittent fasting I think it'd be beneficial for some people. Um, for some people, it cannot. It really depends on their body type. For example, for me, I am a type of person who does not do very well with fasting. Um, I haven't in years. Um, and that may be because of my catch-all methyltransferase mutation and me, ha- me having more amounts of dopamine and epinephrine in me. So the longer I fast, the more epinephrine is being produced, which is harder for me to break down. So fasting generally does not make me feel very well. Um, mm-hmm. It makes me feel cranky and know where if i eat carbs which my, according to my blood glucose maybe meter I'm, I'm not talking about eating muffins or anything like that i'm talking about eating like you know jasmine Pot- rice or potatoes or, potatoes or something. No, or, or, yeah. yeah um or blueberries you know i don't get a spike of you know my body's able to handle yeah it. so um 
yeah, I, I just, it depends on the person. Like, you know, like bulletproof diet could be, could work very well with someone if done properly or the ne next person who could do it can make them very sick uh, and vice versa. You know, someone who follows a perfect health diet, which is a more carbohydrate friendly diet, about hundred to 150 grams a day. For some people that could be a lifesaver for someone else to make them ill. Um, there's no set perfect diet for anybody <laughs> all differently genetically and our microbiomes are different. Um, and so, you know, what, what may work for one person may not work for another person. Um, this is such a key thing. And I'm such a believer in that it is in the end about your individual body type Yes, that includes your blood and all that. And that one, one thing doesn't work for everyone. Yes. I mean, that's why, I mean, I remember working on the Bulletproof diet years ago, being on the forums and women getting on there and going, you know, not doing ketosis properly because Dave never talked about women needing to do ketosis differently than men biologically and um, them not, you know, refeeding, or if they did, it would be too long. It'd be like seven to 10 days and women just having horrible hormonal problems because of it, like severe periods or their periods even stopping. Uh, and because they, women have, a, some women, not all, uh, need have a higher uh, uh, need of carbohydrates for greater thyroid function, for greater um, hormonal function. So some women might need to refeed if they're doing a ketogenic diet every three to five days, which makes sense anthropologically. Men mainly went on the hunt. So testosterone usually protects us a lot from cortisol and from, you know, the needing of, 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 of refeeding and stuff like that. Or women, progesterone and estrogen, which has its own uh, importance in the body, for example, uh, women get sick less often generally, but they do get stronger autoimmune conditions because estrogen does uh, modulate the immune system. But you know when you know it's old uh, old uh, colloquialism that when men get sick like the flu, you know we'll be in bed, you know dying from like a cold. You know women will actually be out working and doing stuff and everything like that, and they'll look at us like we're pussies. You know, and there ha might be something to do with it. it might be because yeah. estrogen is more modulating <laughs> yes. the immune system. Uh, so it's the same with fasting, you know, fasting uh, men might be able to do it uh, biologically easier and have less of a, a, a bad effect on the body compared to women. This is, I, I add, I like my carbs, but I don't do a lot, but I, I do that. I do them. And I, it's, um, this is very good. I'm, I'm glad to hear all this, by the way, your and, wealth. <laughs> someone asked in the chat, so there was a question I wanted to ask that, that I wanted to answer. Oh, cheese. Uh, cheese is an opioid peptide. Uh, casein is. Casein is. So yeah. just like a lot of people talk about taking opioid uh, opioids like painkillers and tripping balls when they dream, uh, it would be the same uh -huh. cheese for some people that casein might cause some sort of opioid reaction in their brain. Uh, other opioid peptides would be gluten, uh, like eating a croissant before bed, uh -huh. uh, or, or avenin, which is an oat. Uh, you know, any of those opioid peptides can cause. Uh, uh, crazy vivid dreams similar to taking pain, opioid painkillers, you know, milk of the poppy, you know, opium. Yes, milk of the poppy. So they'd work the same way in the brain, triggering uh, dopamine releases, which could trigger very vivid dreams. I wonder if that's my power because I am a cheese lover and I am an active dreamer. <laughs> okay, so on your lucidity dreams, can you just give us, um, so all this, all this now, we have all this swelling around us. Um, tell us about how your, your, and I want to know in specific about the dreams where you actually felt like you could control them. You already gave us the ones where you're, 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 you're lucid, you're awake in them, but you couldn't activate the dream powers. Do you have dreams where you can, where you, you do fly or you do walk through stuff? 
None at all. Well, I, I do, but all that. Okay, now let me take that back. I do, but it's all. Um, it happens. The moment I have lucidity of it, it does not. It, it only doesn't happen when I need it to happen. Like I'll, I'll like I'll start a dream where I'm flying. Oh. And I can fly. Yeah. But it's the moment I land on the ground, right. and then if I need to fly later, I can't do it. It's that's so strange. I've not, especially in a state of being aware that you're dreaming. That is just so strange I'm to me. Always Yeah, it's, it's like, it's, um, it's like I find brain. this interesting. I've not quite heard this before. It's like my brain disconnects. Like, I'll, I'll, like I'll know. Like I'm in a dream. I gotta fire my gun, and I'll be yelling at the gun to fire. Like my brain will, and it just will not do it. Well, what I'm thinking is, it's all of a sudden you're you're so awake, you're actually applying waking life rules and structures within there. Like you can't fly. Although if you need to shoot a gun, you can in, in waking life. I, I, it's very strange. I mean, I've I'm intrigued heard, by it. I mean, it's the same. You tell about this. I've never heard anybody talk about that, but it's always been that way for me. Always, I always called it like a failure to launch syndrome, but in my dreams, maybe my doubts are my fears manifest itself that by feeling of inadequacy. <laughs> you know, maybe it, maybe it, maybe it manifests itself in that way. You know, uh, that I, I, it never. It's like in life, things usually go right when I need them to, but in my dreams, they never do. Is that weird? Like, I don't, like, I don't know. Like, is, is it weird that, like, in my life, if I need to start my car and it, like, did, like, I can't get it to start, if I, you know, pray and manifest it, it'll start. In my dreams, if I'm running away from somebody and need to start a car, I never can. And I don't quite know why that is. I mean, Jerry, have you, you come across anything like that ever? Or? I have not. <clears throat> no. So in your dreams, if you need to start a car, you can. Or if you need to shoot a gun, you can. Yeah. The only thing I can't do in my dreams is scream, it seems. Whenever. No, I can scream in my see, dream. Yeah. This isn't strange to me. What's strange is that you're actually lucid and you can't get the yeah. stuff to go. Like, I know I'm dreaming. Like, I know, like, every, mostly... Every time I dream, I know I'm dreaming. And I'm just like, oh, this is like a movie. Okay, I'm watching myself dream. This is fun, you know? And then, yeah, like, if I'll be like, I need to shoot a gun. And, I, like, I've always been able to wake up out of a dream. You know, some people say they can't wake out of dreams. Me, it's instant. If I got to wake up, like, if something scares me or whatever, or I just don't feel like something's right, I can immediately wake up. Do you have sleep paralysis at all? When trying to fall asleep, sometimes, yes, I have monoclonic, monoclonic jerks. Oh, see, I love you coming with this technical here. <laughs> so what you describe, will you describe um, the experiences? Yeah. You have uh, in these? I'll, I'll, and I'll your try jerks. To or I'll, yeah. try, <laughs> I'll, I'll try to, I'll be falling asleep, and then I'll feel like someone's calling my hair, like someone calling my name or something. And I'll just jerk. And I'll jerk. I'll jerk awake. Um, but you're and you're calling that paralysis no i'm just saying calling monoclonic jerks yeah I, it, I, I i don't usually have sleep paralysis where i'm waking i have i okay i've had it but it's extraordinarily rare 
It's really and good. so, but when you're okay, so in the rare experiences when you do have it, is is there is there a sense of a presence in the room or are you just like completely attack? yeah, maybe like hag riding, or are you just paralyzed and you're you're just not fully in your body or however all this stuff works? I have in the past, yes. I've woke it's very rare. I wake up and I feel like there's another entity. Like I feel that way just in waking life. It's like I've oh, always okay. At, I, I we like want to get into that. <laughs> it's like I've always looked at it this way, where my dreams have always been my reward, where I get to just relax. It's the only time I can relax, and I can't relax any other time. Then. So I know that's a weird way of looking at it, but that's always I've always felt. Yeah, I I can't wait always to get back to my my dreaming. I love it. So, man, so much good stuff here. So, I guess let's just get into some of this this other the the even though you've brought it, but what do you where do you think what do you think consciousness is and where is it? Is it everybody in the world searching for that answer? <laughs> yeah, but you know, there's lots of scientists research that feels very um convicted in plus we're looking for opinion in their conclusions i think yeah i mean we're just wanting your gut reaction here and then also you have you do have this whole uh, medical background so i'm i'm expecting that there's some of that you already mentioned i think that we're just an amalgam of whatever the spirit is source of energy that brings us consciousness in combination with uh, our brain, our physical body itself, in combination with the microbes that live in our body, and it's always like a trinity bouncing off of one another. And I don't think that when we die, that's it. Um, I believe that we're like reincarnated back into this plane of existence that that we live in hell. And uh, you think this is hell? Oh God, yes. This could never be anything else other than. And I know that hell. <laughs> and I know that hell in the Bible is like was the, the Romans' way of looking at it. You know, in the Greeks it was Hades, and the Jews is actually Guiana, which is a trash dump where the worshippers of Baal. Well, I thought the Hebrews did show. Well, they but they believed in Guiana in the new by the New Testament. Mm -hmm. uh, when Jesus, when Yeshua talks about uh, hell, he's actually talking about Guiana, which was a trash dump outside of Jerusalem. Worshippers of Baal sacrificed children. I was thinking um, of like Guiana, where Idi Amin's from. But yeah, I mean, <laughs> but yeah, I, 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 I do believe in reincarnation. I believe that I've been on this earth many times and will be in this earth many times in the future. Um, I also believe in a possibility, and I have dreamed about it before, that I might have some Atlantean DNA in um, Can you give us some of the dream imagery around that? Um, I mean, I dream. You recall? I mean, I've recalled... Uh, being in Atlantis. Um, what made you know that it was Atlantis? Like, what what were you seeing? What was going on? It wasn't like a signpost that just told me. It's just how I felt. Like I always yeah. Knew. I mean, that's what I'm trying to get at. Well, how did you know though? You just, I just knew. Just knew. I mean, that's what happens. Like, what talk people talk about when they come across the Akashic, Akashic records and everything like that. I almost think that's how my brain is when someone gives me a piece of information in my dreams. I'm pretty sure that's what I'm tapping into intuitively. Mm -hmm. So it's the same with that. I just knew it was Atlantis and I knew that I've been here. 
what was the imagery? Um, the area that I was in was a port town uh, off the Atlantic Ocean. And it was very beautiful. It was very modern. Um, the, uh, the, it, the, the houses and the buildings weren't made out of um, like wood or like you normally see now or vinyl siding or anything like that. They were made out of some weird looking kind of like clay whitish colored stone. But they were very modern and very like, like there was technology everywhere, you know, and it was a lot of it, the technology was different today, uh, but I could tell, like somehow I knew that the technology ran off of quartz crystals. Um, and there were a lot of people who had decided to be transhumanist, and there was a sect of Atlantis who decided not to be. And I, that's really... And I have this dream from time to time. It's never the cataclysmic dream of Atlantis being destroyed or anything like that. It's just me walking around and observing things. You need to talk to Jay Parker sometime. He is... From a, sounds familiar. He's uh, into SRA and uh, exposing all that crap in uh, from Delaware. The Delaware. The art in Delaware is where he's from, which is like a whole Satanist town, apparently. Anyway, he's uh he he claims his parents are dark sorcerers from Atlantis. Yeah, Jay Parker did. Yeah, yeah, he was on he was on a higher side. I I think he was a few times. He? Yeah, yeah. Um, I would love to talk with him, but I do have some actual problems with his actual story. Like, there's a few things that don't light up with my own beliefs. But That's all good. I was looking at the Atlantis connection. Yeah. Um. I but I I. I I'm not going to say that he didn't go through all that because I never want to take away from someone's experience. It's just there's some things that I just don't, they don't, it doesn't jive with. And, and that's cool. I was, my, my thought was that maybe if he really does have Atlantean bloodline, maybe he's got some energy that'll spark, wake you up or something. I don't know. It'd be worth trying to talk with him. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he says it's a fascist state. I remember him talking about that on the podcast, which it was later. It wasn't initially. Um, and it became a transhumanist state. That was the downfall of Atlantis, uh, was, was embracing transhumanism. But the downfall of Lumeria was embracing uh, the left-hand path. Um, so in downfall of Mu was just war. I mean, Mu is the, the Earth civilization. You know, colonization war was the downfall of, of modern, you know, modern and ancient man. Um, but so, how, yeah, how, how do we know this? I don't. I don't technically know this. It's just everything that's come to me through dreaming and what yeah. I've read, it just feels right to me. I mm. think now is it complete could it be a hundred percent wrong? Yes. It's not like I know any you know, I it just it's just things that I've intuitively picked up and what I believe to be true. And if you say you don't believe it, I go, Okay, that's not gonna disagree with you. I think there's too much um I, again, they're just stories, but there's too many stories about Atlantis and Lemuria for it not to be representative of something. What that something is, I don't know. I mean, yeah. I mean, I mean, where do you think we got the name Atlanta from? Where do you think we got the name Atlantic Ocean from? <laughs> sure, 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 sure. I mean, but I mean, like the Orion War, the story of the Orion Wars, <clears throat> and Mars getting blown up by the Pleiadians. I How forget. about that? Talk, well, the Pleiadians. I don't think it was the Pleiadians. Whatever but. it is. You know what I'm saying. The, the, all those stories and all these wars and all these people are part of the story. Like, some people are part of it. 
small percentage of people, right? And they have dreams about it, and they're in contact with beings who were part of it or had incarnation. You know, yeah. there's, there's like this enormous backstory to the universe that a lot of us are excluded from. <clears throat> so does it make that real or, or less real? <laughs> so, I don't know. I mean, yeah, I know. Like, I mean, Lance, this is in the same category for me. Like, logically, I'd like to say that more than likely these are all dreams, and it's not true, but the intuitive side of me thinks it is true. So, I don't know. Like, I mean, that's why I'm not 100% being like, yeah, I used to be a reincarnated Atlantean, because I don't know. Do I feel like I was by intuition and my dreams and stuff? Yeah, I do <clears> think <throat> that I was, but it could be some bullcrap. What if these dreams and memories or intuitions of <clears throat> of these places anchors the energy and keeps them in existence? That it's the memory of it that, you know, in the past that keeps it alive. And, yeah. and if no one can remember it, did it ever exist? So we're talking about like uh, Day of the Dead? No, no like, like if, if, ancestors, they don't exist anymore. Time no, if you think about think about like Atlantis, right? If no one ever brought up Atlantis for a thousand years, how no one ever heard of it? Do you think it would just cease to have ever existed? Would it just go Possibly, away? Possibly, but I do believe in collective consciousness, which would override that. Okay, what if the collective forgot it? I just don't see how that being possible. Okay. And what I if there's? I, I might suggest. I was curious. And what okay. if the Akashic records exist and there was a record? Of all history and all knowledge. I heard that. Wisdom. I heard that they've been compromised. I'm pretty sure they have. Everything's been compromised. But there's an actual copy that's out of phase somewhere, locked up. Everything. Everything's compromised. Everything's co-opted. It wouldn't surprise me if somehow the Jesuits got the Akashic records. They got hold of everything. <laughs> and, and, and changed some things. They, they took the Akashic records hostage. It's in the basement of the Vatican now. Yeah. That would be Grab perfect place access. for the, that's the perfect place for the Akashic records to be, by the way. I mean, that's just how my my logic, you know, like I do I think it's a possibility that I was Atlantean and that from there that maybe if I was Atlantean that I did come from Mars and Mars was blown up and the asteroid belt belt there was another planet, should I say it was Tiamat. Um that's and that it was, you know, where that the 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 asteroid belt was blown up. Right. And, that's what and, I meant, not Mars got blown up. Um but yeah, I mean, is it a possibility that I was once originally from there? And I don't think the Pleiadians did it, though. To my knowledge, I thought the Pleiadians were, uh, were uh, I hate using this term because it's not necessarily correct, more of a right-hand path alien race compared to the reptilians and the greys. And... I, I think they're, uh, they're half and half. They're like oh, a so half, they... they're a half-calf kind so, of so culture. You, so, you, so you think they're like us, then? No, we're all bad. It was, um... God, I'll look it up. I'm pretty sure it was Pleiadians. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I go back and forth all the time whether or not any of this stuff is what I truly believe or not because it's nothing I've seen right in front of my face. You know, I'm like Mulder. I want to believe. You know, I want to believe this is all true. I don't I really don't. So. But you believe in reincarnation. 99.9% sure, yes, that it's real, but there's also a 0.01% chance that it might not be. This might be the only life I ever get, and I'm dead. I mean, my heart of hearts, I don't think that's true, but it's yeah. just like, how I look at flat Earth. I've never been to space. I don't know. Like, 99.9% of me believes Earth is round, but there is a possibility since I've never been to space and seen it for myself, it be flat. 
could be yeah that, and that just sounds healthy to me to keep that's agnostic right where you're just open to it yeah i mean like i do believe in yeshua and i do believe in the creator um but there's still a part of me that says that it may not be true um but i mean everybody has doubt you know i mean that's just what it is it's what's having faith is is just having belief that counteracts um know strong amount of doubt we all we all have doubt even yeshua had doubt on the cross when he died you know or why have you forsaken um and if you look at it in a gnostic way of how i look at it you know you know yeshua was the physical manifestation of the creator and actually yeshua's spirit of the holy ghost was laughing on the side being crucified um but yeah it's just it's it's weird like even with the conspiracy thing, there could be 99.9% that I'm wrong about what I believe conspiracy wise. You know, I guess the only thing maybe I'm 100% sure on is naturopathic medicine. <laughs> but even then, I've known it to fail people. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Nothing's, nothing's invaluable. And what do you why... think? No, no, go ahead, Nish. What do you think? So, on all this, though, too, what do you think then death is? So as we tie into like reincarnation and all this other stuff. I just think it's a transition period. I mean, it's a possibility it could be fi final. I do believe in the annihilation of the end. I mean, that's how you correct the darkness. But I don't think that annihilation's happened yet. So I don't think when I die this time, it's the end. Would you elaborate on that annihilation bit? The lake of fire. You have to cast the darkness into the annihilation. Like I, my way of looking at the creator is the creator is all knowing, but the creator is not all powerful. So why darkness exists or Yabadayo. So, you know, most Christians will look at it as kind of like a, a God is a father, you know, teaching the child. Um, and he lets bad things happen to us um, because of, um, you know, you want your child to learn child to suffer but i mean of course to me it seemed like jehovah the creator humans look at us want that he's a jealous god you know but i don't think the creator i think he has to live by the laws of his own creation and that's why you know when they when you talk about the bible and you see miracles that happen all the time you know have you guys ever seen the movie Wrist Cutters? I know I'm going all over the place, but it is relevant. I have not. Not me. Okay. It's excellent. It's an excellent movie. I recommend you guys see it. Um, the actor, I think his, first, his real name is Patrick. He dies. He commits suicide. He goes to a, an incarnation of Earth where it's just more depressing. It's more sad and depressed and can't smile. It's just like a lower plane of existence. You know, and Tom Waits is actually the man in charge there. He's an angel. Tom, I love Tom Waits. I love Tom Waits' music. He's a great actor. Um, I do recommend anybody's watching it. But I, I have a kind of a way of looking at that, you know, where um, there's different planes of existence. Uh, there's higher and lower planes. Earth is probably somewhere, this universe is existence, third dimension, somewhere probably smack somewhere closer to lower realms. Um, but yeah, it's just, I don't know. And I guess maybe I've lost where I was going. <laughs> well, death, we were, we were in. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I believe in reincarnation. I believe, I believe that one day um, all souls who walk with light be, don't have to go through suffering anymore. 
Now, when that day is, I don't know. Um, I know, I know. Well, what do you think the point of all this, our, our, our waking life drama, the drama of life and living is? To gain gnosis, to gain wisdom. I can, I can back, back up to that for sure. That's what it feels like to me, at least. To overcome suffering. I mean, how do you overcome suffering? Gain wisdom, learn. Uh, it doesn't work all the time, but it is what makes you a better person. And you also, there is also a little bit of a karmetic aspect, too. You don't want to do harm to other potentially. But it's like this, um, and, and definitely the way you're saying it, too, it just makes me think of like an awakening, right? Which also ties into the whole dream thing. Awakening within the dream. Is this not a dream also, in a sense? Well, some people say getting wisdom at all costs, like some people left-hand path say gaining wisdom by you know any any cost is worth it i mean to some degree i can see that but i mean when it comes to really dark means of gaining wisdom i just don't think it's i mean that's why that's why tower of babel fell why atlantis fell why lemuria fell is because they tried to gain wisdom that would have you guys ever seen the movie Dog Kevin Smith? Yes. Remember when Bartleby and Loki tried to cross the arches? Um, and which would have rendered existence moot because God the creator would have been a liar. Uh excellent movie, by the way. I love all of Kevin Smith's movies. Um but uh yeah, I almost wonder if it's like that. I wonder if um I wonder I don't know. I just, I don't know. I wonder if, I wonder if that's what we go go for is to try to, to learn and try to better ourselves and better our soul, temper our spirit so that we can ascend. Uh, so we don't have to necessarily reincarnate in these lower planes of existence throughout history because our cons. Whether they're real or not, you know, Jerry would argue they're just manifestations. Um, to some degree, maybe. Um, like heaven and hell? Yeah, totally. They, they definitely want us here. And they definitely want us to not learn and not help and not ascend like. So. Can, can you go into your idea of the archons and all that a little bit? Yeah, I look at it a little bit differently than the standard Gnostic texts, where I do believe in Yaudabaoth, but I don't look at Yaudabaoth as being Jehovah. Um, I look at Jehovah being separate, um, and, and I look at Jehovah being uh, with Sophia as his bridegroom, uh, where um, the Archons, other Archons, are mainly the, the gods that um, people worship in ancient time. We're looking, if we're keep st keeping strictly. Um, Keeping strictly like Judeo would be like Ball and Block. Stuff like that, you know, I would consider them to be archons as well. Lesser gods to the ultimate creator who has both a, a male and a feminine side. Um, it's like with the darkness, you have the light. With the light, you have the, light, you have the creator of all things. The benevolent creator is all-knowing, uh, but not all-powerful. 
and you have the darkness from that, which is Yaudibayo, which is the ultimate manifestation. I hate using the term evil, but it's just two conflicting paradigms. And then from there, you have lesser archons. You have Jehovah and Sophia, who made Earth, made the Garden of Eden, made humanity, um, and who uh, broke off uh, from the rest of the archons. And then you have like Abaddon, Moloch, and all that these people that could just be gods that they had worshipped to gave manifestation manifestation to topas that are archons, or they could actually be archons or lesser gods uh, that control this plane of existence. Which I know that most Gnostics would argue with me 100% my beliefs. But I do believe that the creator has manifested himself and herself throughout history, uh, different figures. Um, and uh, have been, there's many different religions uh, that have different snippets of truth, um, which I know a lot of people you know, disagree with me on that too. Uh, I have, I guess, a weird way of looking at my cosmology, but. That's just what I feel like to be true. For example, um, you guys are aware of like the Armenians. They uh, were actually the first group of people to convert to Christianity. Um, and uh, they believe that uh, their hero, Hayek, which is similar to Hercules, uh, killed Nimrod and his army of death uh, and brought about the Atlantean cataclysm. Um, so there's a bunch of different how different tie-ins you know relate to it, you know um, I think the creator has manifested himself as both Mary Magdalene and Yeshua uh, in the Bible uh, Buddha Behelzedek so, like, so he can be his own twin flame in a way that yes what do you, what do you think about the whole um so it's coming from my perspective a little bit, but the whole, the goddess idea of, um, that we see in revelation through the scarlet woman through Babylon and all that. Just curious about your thoughts. I know that's kind of really open-ended and vague, but how do you see, cause it's, she, the female principles painted in such a harsh light, I think. Um, and well, so I'm yeah, curious. I mean with Yabadiah, you had Lil, you had Lilith, you know. So you had the male and the female, just like you got the male and the female with the creator too. The, the bride and the bridegroom for both sides. Yeah. But it, it, so right, but Lilith becomes this great destroyer. Babylon, uh, Miss the Babylon, the woman, um, and as as Jezebel is a part of that whole thing. Um, also, it's just so darkly cast right um so i'm just curious on your take on on that you mean like yeah. you mean like goddesses or women and how they're portrayed in the bible or well it's a female principle so yeah goddess i mean i i view that i just i don't necessarily have to move into language that's like gods or goddesses you mean like, you mean like divine masculinity and toxic masculinity and divine femininity divine femininity femininity and toxic femininity yeah but strike the toxic part so like if you're looking at the female principle in the bible or in some of the early te early 
more um, Judeo. But it wasn't that way in the Gnostic texts. No, in the earlier texts, it's different. We see what happened, but it, it, it's so we're. But a lot of people don't aren't aren't accessing that earlier stuff. It's coming up now. There's lots of great material on it, and and scholars all over this. But I'm just asking your opinion of since we were talking about it. You you know you mentioned Babel and all that, and so I, I'm in particularly just thinking about in general lately. Though I'm thinking about Babylon that the female idea she who is you know her she's of the sun she's seated on the moon she's got the zodiac above her she's going to bear the scarlet child this whole thing and um that also plays into the whole tiamat myth where tiamat is turns into this devourer after she's you know and they have to appease they they dismember her and they have to appease her with keeping her drunk you know, so that she might not come back and, and find all her pieces and destroy everything. Well, all it is is just the it's the it's the dark of the of the, the bridegroom bride aspect, the duality of male female. That's all it is, is the dark aspect of it. There's you see the positive you see the ultimate enlightenment with Mary Magdalene and Yeshua. Yeah, but it seems like that wash Mary Magdalene is kind of like they've they've taken her. I I love all forms of the divine feminine. I have my whole life. But Mary and I love the Marys. I love them. All of them that create the one. Um but she seems less tame. She's less scary. She's less um she's less wanton. She's less she's, aggressive. She's yeah. watered down by the Christians. Yes, well, yeah, thank but you, if Jerry. You look at the Gnostic text, that's not how it is, though. See, the way I look at it is I look at it as a complete set, even though I do throw Paul's Gospels out of the Bible. They shouldn't even be in the Bible. Um, I think Paul was a deceiver. But I, I, I think when, when, you, when you read the Gnostic text and how they revere Mary, not all of them did, you get more of a complete picture of the whole, the, the divine of the bride and bride. You're asking me how do I feel, I guess, about how the Bible can do negative annotations of feminine the bride i mean yeah i mean it just depends on who wrote it is that what you're asking me Nish? yeah and i'm kind of i'm looking at since we were talking about i don't know why i don't know how i got there and and maybe i just got there in my head um it felt like there was a little bit we're talking about john john's stuff the revelation of john and all that um I think it's because of bringing in Babylon, and I can't help but make that association. I mean, if you talk about Ishtar, I mean, it's been uh, it's been told Lilith. It's been told throughout history. I mean, you're always. I believe in. I believe it, you know strong in duality because it's very strong with synchronicity. Yeah, so yeah. Like two paths: the right hand path and left hand path. So yes, yes. You're gonna have the divine aspects of the male and female and you're going to have dark aspects of the male and female. yeah the creator and the destroyer you're going to have sfs in both now why does the bible that we have that was put together by the catholic church focus primarily on the destroyer aspect of femininity i don't know i mean peter was a uh misogynist so i mean well and they it's are the time. a death cult you know <laughs> yeah thank you what do you think about the whole end time stuff then since you 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 know you have a grasp of all this it's gonna happen i don't know when it's gonna happen she was himself said no one knows the time or the hour i don't know. 
How do we know it hasn't happened already? Excellent question. It may have already happened. It's, oh, actually, mm -hmm. I took that back. It's already happened before many times throughout cycle history. I just don't know when it's going to happen again this time. That's the correct answer. Probably now. Probably soon. But do you think we're in some sort of, like, do you think we're in these times? Or some in final turning? Eventually, yeah, it has to be some sort. Have we entered the tribulation period yet? I don't know. That's not a... <laughs> no. I don't think it's, you know, because it's, we, I like your, you've got this, you've got a Christian slant to you. So I'm just enjoying, enjoying getting it's weird. some of this. It's weird to meet a Gnostic Christian, isn't it? It's really weird. No, it's not. There's a whole movement out there. It's just that we don't tend to have a lot on Nox Mente. So and for whatever, it's not intentional. It's just, you know, so it's more, it's fun Throw for the me. Dice. Like I believe. Yeah, exactly. I believe, like, like you said, I believe in positive manifestations of the bride and bridegroom and negative manifestations of the bride and bridegroom. I believe in positive manifestations of the creator or the light, just like I think there's negative manifestations of the darkness. What do you, so, well, well, there's okay. There's duality everywhere. Everything's got yes. two sides. You have Yeshua and you have L. Ron Hubbard. <laughs> what, were people going to think I was going to say Crowley? Crowley was just a hedonist. <laughs> I love, I love Elron really had something going on. Oh yeah, he did. He definitely uh definitely uh Elron definitely was a reincarnation of uh, Yabadiah for sure. There's the darkness. There's no doubt, doubt about it. Well, what do you think about all the we we're talking Elron now. So, what do you think about and 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 we were alluding to it earlier. There's a little little bit of chatter. Why is Jack it, Parsons still on our minds? That's what we were Yes. Talking. Oh, good Jack one. Parsons was in bed with Elrond and with I Crowley. Know. I know it just keeps coming up and up and, and up you lately. Get, you get rockets and sex magic and uh, Elrond Ooh. saying that he was the reincarnation of Yelbadioth, and I mean you get all right, that. right, right, right. And Parsons was Pan, yeah. Topan. Yeah, yeah. You get phallics, phallics objects, and and vaginas and sex and. Cup, cup and chalice. That's right. Yeah, I mean, you get all that. So, I mean, that's what you get. See, that's the that's the differences is me being a, a, a right hand path person. I find that all despicable, and Elrond and all the rest of them should have gotten broke. They should have been drunk. Um, it depends on what they're doing. What they were uh, when, really they were, doing. When, they, when they were trying to incarnate Yabadioth into Elrond and to himself, uh, and and bring bringing about. An anti—I hate using the word anti-Yeshua, but you know it's the darkness. Try to bring the darkness into this world. That was the right? the portal thing they were doing out in Babylon the... Rising. Yes. Okay. Now some people will say if you look on, if you believe Elrond, they'll say um, he was just trying to break the Archon order and trying to to enlighten humanity. Uh, well, I hate to tell you, but when you're doing uh, ritual sex magic with like like children. And you know, doing like horrible things. You know, I seriously doubt that's going to bring anything light into existence. Just I, me. You just, <laughs> just totally me. reminded me about <laughs> Crowley. Uh, someone was talking about Crowley. His uh, references to sacrificing children in his books, and I've heard it said that he meant masturbation by that. Well, I really think Crowley, which is a hidden, it's like everybody says Crowley's the most evilest person. I would yeah. argue that L. Ron Hubbard and Albert Allen. They never met Dick Cheney. It's like Hitler and Himmler. Himmler was way more evil than Hitler. So we're talking about like runs in the darkness and drives in the darkness. It's these people. So when they're doing these rituals, 
I don't want any part of it, and they are the closest to me. Like a Satanist that just walks around and just thinks it's God and they're an atheist, they're not my enemy. The people on the left-hand path are sacrificing children and partaking in the blood and doing everything that is against me. Yeah, that's something. That they are my enemy. So, so where do you put Luciferians on that scale? It all depends on what they're doing. It all depends if they're it all depends if they're it depends on how they're trying to bring gnosis and how they're trying to bring it to light gotcha if they're walking in the ultimate darkness and they're bringing suffering and, tr and trauma to read their form of enlightenment i don't want it and i don't think no good comes from it i mean it's harsh but i mean i like i don't like as a as a gnostic christian i don't think for example that a Muslim is going to hell or they're on the left-hand path or any nonsense like that, okay? I even think your average atheist Satanist, like your LeVay Satanist, is on the technical left-hand path in my mind. I look at the left-hand path as practicing darkness and its ultimate forms and trying to manifest itself as such. That's all. Not being a rebel or anything like that. That's not what I'm talking about. Um, yeah, because LeVay Satanists are atheists. That's what they, I mean, that's they make yeah, that pretty clear. I do clear. think LeVay himself, though, was practicing the left-hand path, though. He was, he was, he was a, the people that were in his flock, a lot of them were just, they didn't know any better. They were just rebels who wanted to be atheists. I think LeVay himself was practicing some of the left-hand path. So, yeah, I don't think it matters what path you're on. It's the type of energy you use for your, ma this is my belief. Yeah, and I, that if you use I, a low vibrational energy to power your work, your operations, then that's not good. But that's another way of looking at it. I mean, you're just looking at it the same way I'm looking at it. If no. you use dark, if you use antimatter to create existence or gnosis, then it ain't worth it. So if you use the darkness, if you use the antithesis, then I, I, I don't care. To me, it's not worth it in any shape or form. And I, you, I bet you, like in Monsters Inc., the, 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 the better good stuff is 10 times better than. Yeah. You know, scaring people is not as good as making them laugh, right? Very much so. Yeah. Um, and that's that's how I look at it. And I know that a lot of people on the left-hand path will give me shit, but, you know, what's great? So I just, and I'm, again, I'm not talking about people that are atheists or people that are LeVay Satanists. Or, I'm talking about people that are ritually sacrificing children, drinking blood, destroying innocence, doing everything they possibly can to stain in the dark. I'm not talking about, like, having sex or that or even general sex magic or anything like that as long as it's two between two right right adults, i don't care so, so don't, how, how widespread do you think that type of abuse is i mean i know the stories we listen to the same shit so you know i tend to think it's not as bad as everyone thinks it is but it still goes on i think through different parts of history it's waxed and waned and through different yeah. civilizations yeah. i think at their apex of their fall it's always high the things that co correlate are, you know, circumstantial at best, but the number of children that disappear in a year in the United States is astronomical. I've heard estimates up to a million. Um, and yeah, that's but just most, here. Most the, but that's not people disappearing. Most of the time, those reports of the million are just like kids. Like uh, this, this, I heard this from somebody unreliable. No, but no, no, it's through NECMEC. NECMEC says 600,000 to a million, but mm. that could just be someone like, running away from home and being returned, they never tell you that. But my question to you is, and my question to anybody who advocates and doesn't think the satanic abuse is real, and I hate using the word satanic abuse. I didn't say that, just clarify. I know. Yeah. I didn't mean to use the word satanic abuse either, but that's wrong. Using, I guess, 
child ritual child abuse. Ritual child abuse, yeah. Sacrifice. One's too many. One yeah. is too many. Yeah. No question. No question. I, I that was you know you don't you know what I was getting at though. Like Oh I know, I know. And I didn't yeah. want to use the word Satan either because that's just but when you power. say this, it brings up like the idea of also the alien abductions. Like when you talk about the missing people from the forest yeah. and all this, where do you stand on all that kind of stuff? I mean, some of it's probably uh, alien abduction. Some of it's probably uh, people being drowned, dr dragged into other dimensions by demons. Um, no military? Or spirits. Could be military abductions. It could be, you know, the, run the gamut. I mean, we know aliens... For example, there's some aliens that tend to be more on the uh, dark side, like the greys and reptilians and stuff like that. So, yeah, it would just depend on where well, they stand. A lot of times it seems that the experience is uh, what the people, a lot of it involves their preconceived notions about what it should be like, you know. If all you've heard yeah. is horror stories about alien abductions and anal probing, you're going to expect to be annually probed by an alien, and you probably will get that. But if you never had any bad experiences or heard that, you you might have a good experience. I think that explains a lot of the variation in experiences that people do have with these things. Yeah, I was never really annually probed, to my knowledge. I hope. I've been annually probed by a doctor. It's called a yeah, me too. <laughs> digital. It's called a digital rectal and a exam. prostate exam. I've yeah. had one of those too. But yeah. Um, <laughs> And there's nothing digital own. about it except his finger is a digit. I mean, you know, sometimes, oh I, sometimes I do get scared. Of, sometimes I do get scared because I live next to a river and I walk, you know, in the dark to my house, you know, in the backyard from my, my work shed. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I mean, I'm a little bit afraid that somebody's watching me or, I'm, or Bigfoot's going inter to interdimensionally come out of nowhere and take me. He would psychically attack you first. Okay, that sounds like yeah. so hopefully he doesn't put it in me. Um, I think usually... Uh, from what I've read and heard, you got to go near it. It doesn't really stalk people. Although some people do have them come to their backyard and they feed them. Or and my son is obsessed with Bigfoot and with uh, aliens too. Um, so, Good yeah, for it's Good funny. For him, I guess yeah. it rubs off. He's trying to impress me. Let me talk to him. I'll tell him it's all fake. Oh, don't. He still believes, <laughs> he still believes in Easter Bunny, Jerry. So, hey, let him alone. Going back to your abduction experiences, were they beneficial in any way or allow you to get past certain things i mean i'm trying to figure out why that happened was your dad in the military at all yeah okay my family was in the military. well my grandfather was in world war ii but he was drafted yeah we didn't hate them he didn't he didn't hate being in the military he loved the troops um but no none of my family has any uh cia background any uh any military background of any kind and none of your stuff um left any physical marks right yeah so i would put that more in like an astral experience or a lucid experience not saying it didn't happen and not that you didn't meet aliens but it seems that there's definitely those types of abductions versus physical ones where i feel like whoever abducted me was not yeah that's that's generally that's like most of the cases are 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 benevolent beings and what I've, what I've heard and what people talk about happening is that after you're visited by these beings, somehow the government can track them, and then that's when they'll send to my lab and to, to, to anal probe you in an alien mask, or they'll drug you up and give you a false memory or whatever. 
Yeah, that never happened to me. So it's good. No, it's good. Sometimes I'll, I like to believe that maybe it never happened. <laughs> you know, but I just, I, I ran into a good personal friend of mine who had the same issue. Uh, he was actually part of the He uh, had the same thing. I yeah but you but your dad had them too and that that yes. is in line with the whole uh it follows families abductions follows families the whitley streber type of thing you know mm-hmm. my father 100 believed and i believe that he- yeah i don't i yeah i don't know what's going on i mean I, I i believe that everyone experiences this but i have no idea what it means i don't think they're from I, outer yeah, space I, that's for sure and i don't know what it means and i don't even know if it's part of me wants to doubt it it's happened to me. Now, i can only go on what i remember does it matter know. does it matter if it's real or not though you have that experience now it's in you and no, it's part it of you I, yeah i don't know would it, that, would it change thing. your outlook on life if you knew it was real I don't know, I always thought, you know, if I finally get to know that all everything I know about conspiracies and stuff, I'd be an agent who's got a gun, and I'll probably smile, like, except that I'm not batshit crazy. You know, I mean, I always figured that, you know, are you going to kill me now? Okay, well, at least I know that. Uh, see you around again. <laughs> you know? I'd be like, I'm going to haunt you, motherfucker. <laughs> I hope you like ghosts. Uh, I just, I don't know. Like, I go back and forth. I mean, it's it's the logical, intuitive. Like I'm very intuitive, but I'm also very logical. You know, it's always a constant battle. Yeah, there's, I'm not looking for a right answer. I'm just discussing. Oh, I know, I know. And mm-hmm. is is there a right answer? Is no, it, I no. Well, I don't know. And it's and it, it is a subjective between every person. You know, I mean, I don't believe 100 percent. There's 100 percent objective truth. Yeah, there probably is. <laughs> yeah. Your your experience is tailored, custom tailored to your preferences. In the virtual earth. I think it's some way. <laughs> Even though I, I can't, I will say this one thing. I cannot stand simulation theory. I can't. Ooh, do you dig into that. There's just something in me. I just, I just, it's a knee-jerk reaction that I'm not going to say that we don't, there's not planes, of, there's not divisions, there's not planes of existence, don't get me wrong. I just don't think it's like, simulation in the way we look at it that creators playing sims and i'm just some code i just i just i just can't i can't just no no it just can't be well isn't it more like you're an avid that your flesh is more isn't it more like westworld jerry in the end like the whole sim theory that you're being broadcast your consciousness is being broadcast into your flesh yeah i don't really think that's assimilation though i think that's just uh i just think that if you could jump between bodies or get, you know, I don't I don't know. think that's possible. If you watch Westworld, you'll understand kind of the, the model. I understand what you're saying, that the body is a receiver, like a cable box, and the central node is sending a signal that I am John. And then if the signal got crossed and got sent to you like Freaky Friday, mm. then I'm Cherry and you're me. Is that what you're talking about? Not really. I think, well, I don't know how everyone thinks about it, but the idea of sim theory is that this is like uh, a fully immersive Sims game. So you've got a character that you run, but you also feel everything that is. And, you know, a lot of people talk about how could be that we got into this, we, we built this, we came into it, and we forgot. <laughs> and we're, we've been reincarnating millions of times. But way back in the beginning, yeah. it might have been a, a virtual reality game or something like that. 
baby. But we're still flesh, you know, we're still as it appears also at the same time. Right. And right? What, what we know from science is that when you dig down to the smallest particle, you found find the zero point field and nothing after that. Yeah, I could see that, I guess. I just, I don't know. I just, to me, it just seems, I don't know. That's my, that's my thing. It's like, I think when you got Scott Scott Adams pushing it and Mike Cernovich pushing it, you look who's pushing simulation theory. It just makes me counter, it makes me knee jerk. Two people I do not follow. Yeah, they're pushing it very hard. Collective consciousness. They're one of the four drivers of it. Well, I I think that's a very real thing, collective consciousness. I do too. That's got yes, nothing to do definitely. with sync theory, really. And, and I could type into the, I could tap in being intuitive. I could tap into the collective consciousness. Everybody can. That is, yeah, that's true. quote unquote, your higher self, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, what do you think about so the idea of space above us and all that? beyond space like other planes of existence is that what you're talking about like no physical space space, space. yeah i don't know i go from it not existing just being a manifestation to it existing and there's many universes and planets and alien races and back and forth (laughs) is that what you're asking nish like it it could be uh, depends on the day is it real do you think it's do you think what we are told about space and this the pretty computer graphics Yeah. yeah No, I'm, I mean, I'm pretty sure the moon, the moon is some artificial satellite. Yeah. See, that's what I was trying to get at. No, I'm pretty sure the moon is some artificial satellite. I mean, it rings like a bell. Um, Allegedly. Why, why I was put there, I have no idea. Uh, like, like, you know, Tiamat exploding. It's, you know, it's and, apparently the director's studio for the Truman Show down here. <laughs> Possibly. It could be the Archon's director studio. When you get sent back, you know, if you go into the light, you know, that's the light. The, the junction station's on the moon. I've been thinking a lot about the moon lately, <clears throat> and I think... Made a sheet? No, I think that, that what we see is some kind of uh, projection around whatever is really there. It's a great possibility, yeah. I mean, it's a possibility, too, that, uh, you know, like Josh Reeves talks about that... Um, the moon has so many craters on it yeah. that if Some, it just got hit by that many asteroids, the Earth should have so many more hits. Not only that, they're all perfect circles, and a lot yeah. of them face the Earth, which is impossible since the Earth doesn't rotate away from the, you know, there's an Earth-facing side all the time. Yeah, so it really makes you think, you know? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, I'm pretty sure everything we've taught and taught is a lie in some regard. I remember when I realized that years ago, and I was mm-hmm. like, well, just need to go on what I think is probably true and do my best to help people. I remember the, uh, I've been pretty much anti-religion my whole life, but uh, two or three years ago, when I first was finding out about everything, and I heard an interview with Leo Zagami about the Vatican and how horrible they yes, are, I'm like, I'm, I, laughed my, I laughed my ass off for like a two days straight going, I knew it, I knew those fuckers were evil. <laughs> it was hilarious. Remember. Remember, the Gnostics didn't want to organize religion. That was given to us by Peter, uh, which was later refawed by the false apostle Paul. I, I just meant the um, modern-day religion. Well, I know, I know, I know yeah. but I meant like the Gnostics, for example, how they structured churches was was uh, they pretty much just went how Yeshua did, which was went around and gave sermons and help people and stuff like that. And any hierarchy that they had uh, was uh, voted on and re- re- it was randomly rescheduled within the group every 30 days. So no one ever had a position power longer than that. 
So yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't know. It was it was <laughs> it wasn't supposed to be what it is now. I can tell you that much. I don't think so. I, I would I would I would have loved for James and Mary Magdalene to have gotten a hold of the church and Thomas, <clears throat> brother James. Yes. Instead I of, enjoy uh, that Gospel you know, of Thomas. Oh, I love the Gospel of Thomas. It's one yeah. of my favorite books. The Book of Thomas it, the Contender is good, too. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I never read the what do you Do you think the Earth has consciousness? Do you, what do you think about the Earth? The planet itself? The planet, not the world on top of it. The world that we live in. The world that is this. The, the planet. All right, I'm going to say it's very harsh. I'm going to have a very non-Gaia look at this. Yeah, that's what you bring what you've got. I think the Earth does have consciousness, but I think it's manifest manifested by the creatures and life forms that live on it. Um, and I think that the Earth itself does not have consciousness. That's interesting. So it's, you know, the plants, the animals, the humans, the aliens. The collective conscious of even the universe manifests itself. And that's what drives along with, of course, you know, whatever gravitational force or whatever gravity is for the moon and the sun um, drives our weather pa patterns. I think it's a combination of both collective consciousness. As well. I don't think the Earth itself has a conscience. I don't think Gaia itself has a conscience. I just don't. I heard, uh, did you hear the interview with, I hate to bring it up again, Tracy Twyman on THC? Yes, <clears throat> I agree a lot with Tracy. I disagree a lot with Tracy, but go ahead. Yeah, me too. But I really like that idea about the gods falling, descending to our reality and becoming rocks or, or uh, you know, part of, or the planet itself. I think she was talking about they became planets, right? So they fell into the third density, became planets. Jupiter became Jupiter. Mm -hmm. And whatever goddess became Earth, and then they had their own shit going on there. But that was their fall. They left. They had arisen to this angelic state or whatever, and then they fell, becoming the planets. This I, I know. I know she mentioned that, and I. I just don't agree with her on that. I think that the planets themselves are just material organ. I, I like Tracy. Don't get me wrong. There are there are a lot of things that I do agree with her on. Yeah, I don't um, agree with that either. I I just found it interesting. I personally, I it, yeah, that's that's the thing is, is anything Tracy says I find it interesting. Yeah, exactly. But I just there's things that she says that I'm like, nah, no, and there's things that she says that I'm like, yeah, right, right. I just like, don't this whole agree thing with about the the mountain that you could see out of the side of your eye that leads to in the North Pole that leads to Nirvana or Eden or what, you know, I've heard that from other people in other other ways, and it could be true, but. It's, <laughs> I don't think people are leaving clues to it, but maybe they are. I really don't know. I mean, yeah, it, I mean, I do. I mean, I like Tracy. I like I like her books. Um, I like, Genuflect is a very good, you know. Yeah, I want to read it. Um, but I just I don't. There's some things that she says, like some things Gordon says, and I'm just like, and, and, but, that, but that doesn't planet. mean I don't like them. I'd actually want to talk with Gordon. I actually do want to maybe debate him one time. Um, you probably end up agreeing with a lot of things more than I think we would disagree about. I think you guys should oil wrestle. Uh, okay, we can do that. Gordon, if you want to uh, yes. oil wrestle, um, uh, I'm down for that. Uh, we got to stream it on YouTube, yes. uh, on Jerry's channel. Uh, so if you want to do that, we can. Um, I do need, we do need, a, we do need a special guest referee, though. 
in a safe uh, word. <laughs> yeah, Greg Carwood. There you go. And uh, we, we can do a little bit of world wrestling. Uh, and that's how they did it back in Greco-Roman days, I heard. Um, We'd ask you the question, ooh, the debate question first. You'd wrestle and that, then you could answer. Um, there's going to be nothing extra than just the wrestling, okay? There's not going to be nothing else. But yeah, um, I, I, I just... I, when it comes to all this woo-woo esoteric stuff, you know, it's... I pretty much... It, my beliefs are everybody has their own personal beliefs and they could, it could be wrong. It, it could be right. But is any of it ever, I guess, I, I guess that's the only thing I would disagree with someone who follows strongly the left-hand path and practicing complete darkness and causing human, like causing suffering and harming the global consciousness or the universal consciousness on a grand scale. That'd be the only person that would be like, you know, Hey, stop, you know, but everybody else, you know, I mean, it's just like, I have a lot of uh, similar beliefs to Sikhs or to people that follow Zoroastrianism, Buddhists, mm -hmm. or Hindus. So, I mean, you know, I don't, they're not, none of, none of them are enemies of mine. But then again, you could also argue that majority of them, if not all of them, are right-hand path religions. So, of course, they would. Right. Good stuff. Do we have, did we get any questions? John's actually been answering them. As we go, as we're trying along. to, <laughs> you're you're monitoring. If anybody else has, yeah, if anybody else has any questions, definitely ask them real quick because I don't mind it. You know, anyone's in chat. Oh no, they're back. I like Q and A. Q and A is fun. I know, effluent. <laughs> I know it's a lot of stuff. I know. I don't. I don't buy it. We're talking about the moon landings. <clears throat> I don't buy the moon landings either. I mean, I go back and forth to. Was it all done on a Hollywood soundstage or is it real? I go back and forth, you know, or, or have we ever really gone to the moon? Is there a secret space program? I go back and no, forth. I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't think so. I think the, the moon landing was a power play kind of thing. False flag, if you will, a hoax it event. It was interesting how they did the Masonic ritual beforehand, you know, yeah. the nutsack of Jabalon, as Josh mm -hmm. Reeves says. Yeah. The thing about it is uh, people don't... Maybe they do or don't realize it, but I mean, it was never really broadcast on television. What was broadcast was a camera filming the monitor yeah. in NASA, you know, in Mission Control. They're filming the monitor. It wasn't even like a real broadcast. Plus, it was. Um, didn't they delay it after the ham radio operators were picking it up? Mm -hmm. And there was all kinds of shenanigans. So, yeah, no, I don't. I mean, NASA had to go back and ask, "How do we get across the Van Allen radiation belt?" And I'm like. <laughs> How do you forget that? Our technology should have evolved from that. No, 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 no. They, they say that the, the astronaut, for some reason, <clears throat> they, the, the Apollo astronauts got through and back quickly enough to not be affected. But they never quite explained how the 700 rolls of film were never. Well, yeah, but they're affected. saying now, they're saying now, they can't Jerry, get through it. Yeah, they can't get through it again. And I I'm know. like, why? <laughs> like, okay. I mean. It, it, yeah, that's what Christians call the firmament to me. Or the Gnostics think it could be the, the barrier that, that, that sure. separates us, the archons keep us under. Yeah, I could yeah, see that. And I don't think there's anything beyond it. There's a possibility there's not. I'll raise you that. I'll go possibility there's times where I believe that there isn't. So, yeah. But I don't know. It could be like Michael Joseph talks about this, how the moon landing, what, what that did to the collective was make space real it generated yeah. space yeah and 
Michael, I love Michael. I have a special affinity. There's certain people that have a special affinity, like Walter Bosley, Michael Joseph. Yeah, me too. Uh, Chris Knowles. Yep, Chris um, Knowles. Michael, if you're listening, get up with me because I want to talk to you. Because the way you look at the JFK assassination, that JFK may have been the willing martyr, was brilliant. Was brilliant. And uh, yeah, so. Michael well, is there's, brilliant. There's a group of people out there who say that uh, Kennedy's not dead. Neither is Merrill. All these people aren't dead. They're just elsewhere. <laughs> yeah, I've heard that. That uh, I've heard uh, Jimmy Seth Carter. Seth Rich is on an Israeli beach. You know, you know did I know. Seth Rich even exist? Wait, well, Jimmy Carter is still alive? Yeah, no. Somebody, I've heard someone say J- JFK is Jimmy Carter. Okay. <laughs> Wait, I was like, what? It's a, guy, it's a Dallas Goldbug guy. Mandela. Who, nah, it's not Mandela. I mean, I don't know. Is, is, is Rockefeller still alive? You know, I mean. But I tell you what, I'm going to be celebrating the day the good old Two Boots McCain yeah. finally kicks Fucker. the bucket. Oh, I know. See how, Amen. See how ethical he's getting on Twitter. He's like, "Oh, you know, we need to do better things for our loved ones." Like, <laughs> well, he's well. He said now. He said now. Uh, he's he's he wrote a book and it's a tell-all, and he's really going to get Trump sure. and really going to get everybody else. And I'm like, "Go ahead, two boots, McCain. Go ahead." You know where the two boots, McCain thing no, goes? I don't. From? Okay, so uh, McCain like broke his leg or something, or or, or sprained his ankle. I, don't, I think it was sprained his ankle. <laughs> Allegedly. And, Allegedly, and he had one of those uh, boots on. Uh, um, you know, oh, right, and, uh, he switched legs. Yes, he switched legs, and yes. he was like, uh, I was getting ready for frying the turkey, and my other leg got tired, so I put the brace on the other leg to give my leg a break when I was standing up. And I was like, uh, John, it doesn't medically work that way. I know. Um, well, that just fueled the uh, arguments that, that the boots were hiding ankle brace because they'd all I, been I, rusted. Dude, I was so happy when I saw that on the day before thing. It was either Thanksgiving or the day before. I was yeah. so happy. I was giggling with a friend of mine, just giggling like a schoolgirl about Two Boots McCain of how dumb elite <laughs> we are. I, I was freaking laughing. And uh, Hillary had one the same time. Yeah. And there was a story about Chelsea having one, but that, those pictures were actually that, that like was, 10 years old. Yes. Now, Huma did wear a lot of flared pants. Mm. A lot of flared pants. I, I'm sure her and Wiener are cooperating. If there's anything know. going on at all, I don't think so. I think it's I really don't they're know. they're waiting. I think what's going on is you're seeing a a, um, <clears throat> a stalling until midterms, and they think there's going to be some kind of blue wave, and they're going to brush it all under the rug, like they were well, going to do a Hillary one. Then again, that depends if Trump's hashtag our guy. So what do you mean blue wave? The Democrats think that everyone hates Trump so much that they're going to take over both houses. Oh, in, I see. In the midterms, a wave yeah. of blue, and yeah, gotcha. they couldn't be more wrong. I got nothing else. I yeah, it's <laughs> a good place to end it. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> well, thank you, everyone. Thank you, John. John, you want to talk about any? You want to plug anything or? Yeah. Visit my website, fixyourgut.com, uh, uh, and uh, contact me through the website, Fix Your Gut, and I will uh, send you a free copy of my book. Um, and, uh, yeah, read my blogs and uh, get some health advice. Yep, I've got care. all those links in the description, and uh, John is in our chats. If you want to chat with him, you come into the Discord of the Nightbot. John, I know you're, someone's ringing the doorbell. Go ahead. Go get it. <laughs> yeah.
All right, bye, guys. Thank you, John. Take care. Thank you so, so much. much. You're bye. awesome. Talk to you later. And thank you, everyone, for watching. Be sure to tune in next week for a surprise guest. And thanks again. I have an idea, Jerry. Do you? Yes. Well, fill me in. I haven't picked. No, it's not me. <laughs> no, I want it. Let's do you. I already. I already Honey, have Jerry, let's do you. I already have someone. Oh, you do? Okay. Mm -hmm. You always do. You can always... do me in Portland. We can record. Oh. We can record it. <laughs> you know this what is I all mean. nasty. I know what you mean. I yes. Mean, you could do that too, but I mean. So. All right. <laughs> Goodbye. Good night, everybody. Have a good night. Thank have, you, everyone. Have a great.